Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This episode 171, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, Lap 8. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode's brought to you by Natricure and their cold therapy slippers. Sit back, relax, and enjoy soothing cold therapy within seconds of slipping on Natricure. Cold therapy socks, a freezable full foot length gel pack sits below each foot shout out to natricure well shout out to natricure and welcome to too fast too forever after the break we will be joined once again by heather antos to talk about tokyo drift from here on out we are now chronologically caught up we have gone back in time to go forward in time and then the next few weeks will be with her at least will be furious 7 fate of the furious and hobbs and shaw and then eventually at some point i don't know when f9 but extracurricular activities joe what have you been up to since we last spoke since we last recorded i went home to visit my parents it was my dad's birthday this weekend um so we went back to hang out with them for the weekend okay so that was like just a lot of fun just very casual hangouts at their house drive or did you fly uh we drove all right did you do uh did you do a audiobook you're talking you were teasing did we did we did we did we did a book that i have read that rachel had never read and it was uh devil in the white city I think you read that. Yes, 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 I have. We were really excited. We got through a whole ton of that because um, I really like Devil in the White City. We talked, I think we've actually talked about it on here before, but it's like. We have. I don't remember yeah. the context. I don't remember why, but we have. It's kind of split up into like two different storylines. Like mm-hmm. one, you're kind of following a serial killer and the other is like about them trying to put on the World's Fair of 1892 yep. in Chicago. And I think both things are interesting in their in their own right and it works really well together in storytelling storytelling mode you're like oh this guy's murdering all these people and then it's like it cuts it so you're not just like following this crazy person all the time right there's so many things that like we have today like every time you're like listening to this sorry you're reading this book it's like something 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 and then they invented and you're like oh shit like we use that all the time <laughs> and it was just like invented for the world's fair somehow right like right. so it's like linked to like a ton of pop culture or just things that you do every day that you don't think about and like the words that they use are just like phrases that came from them doing it it's weird but um highly recommended so we listened to a ton of devil in the white city and as a reminder to you and to the listener there was a time i don't know if it's still happening that scorsese was going to adapt that into a feature with leo as the serial killer but i don't know if no. that's still happening or not yeah, I don't know if it's happening because I was like years ago. Like, I don't remember. I don't think like I read a lot of books because they're going to be adapted into things. But I don't think this was the case. I think I had heard good things and then yeah. read it and then heard about it. But maybe I, I don't know. But like it was a while ago that this was new, quote unquote news. Right. But yeah, we haven't heard about it in a while. I think I read this in high school. Maybe I read it. Yeah, like probably 10 or 12 years ago. I think I don't know when it came out, but it was it's, you know, it's about 1892. So it could have come out any time since then. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. more recently than that. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's not like a, it's not like this book just came out, but I really enjoy it. So if you guys haven't checked it out, I recommend it. It's fun. Came out in two thousand two by Eric Larson, E R I K L A R S O N, The Devil yes. in the White City. Yep, two thousand two sounds about right because mm-hmm. then I would have read it in high school. Yeah, like it like came out, then got popular, then hits high school times for me. So and that was it. Watched some sports, did some house stuff at my parents' house, like changed a bunch of like light fixtures and cool. Put in new smoke detectors for them. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Really exciting stuff. But um, I was just like dragging my dad to Lowe's and Home Depot like once a day for the past four days. So I do love like what a, a love is the 
absolute wrong word but what i love about going to home depot is that it's like this is a place i'm going to be four times in the next four days like just yep. when you start doing it it's just like and it's always for like one more thing and like it, it no matter how well you plan it out it's never like i'm gonna get all the things on the strip just like ah shit i need the other thing and so like you go so, back one of the funny stories is they have like recessed lighting in this like one area of the house they were like we like the light bulbs weren't working and i was like okay whatever so I was like, let me go get you new light bulbs. Like, I bought them new LED light bulbs. And I go to screw them in, and I realize that, like, the recessed housings aren't made for normal floodlights. They need, like, this, like, super long neck floodlight. We had just come back from Lowe's, but they're like, we'll go back and we'll get the right lights so, like, you can just, like, fix it. I was like, cool. So they go back and get the, like, long neck floodlights. Those don't work. So, like, I pull off all the, like, the housings. I screw up just a regular light bulb in, and it works. And I'm like, fuck. So now we have to, like, replace the housing. So, like, it took three times to replace the lights in this thing. So, yes, you're right. Every time you go to Home Depot, you're like, I just need one more thing. And, right. yes, that's what happens. Yep. Anything else of note, or was that it? No, that was it. Temptation Island was on last night. It was a great one. So, mini spoilers, but I don't think anybody <laughs> that watches, like, you're not going to watch it. It's just Jerry, I think, right? Jerry's the only one even, like, I don't, I don't even know if he watches this show, but it's just he's the only one that would, in this would, orbit that would be in that orbit. Yeah, exactly. So, there's a guy, and, you know, they're split up. So, like, last episode, he was, like, cheating on his girlfriend. Well, I mean, cheating on his girlfriend. He was, like, he, he claims that he's single when he's there. He was, like, hooking up with some other girl, and they, like, showed her the video of it when they, like, show the videos. She's just, like does the like really close off thing she was like okay i'm done like i'm completely done and all the other girls are like oh fuck they go home they have a party and he has a threesome with that girl another girl in the house and like the host comes back he's like ladies i know we just did a bonfire but we need to do another one tonight so uh just get ready like it was like it was like we have some shit to show you Normally they do a bonfire every three days and this was like the second day and they were like, yeah, we got a bonfire tonight. And the girls are like, that's weird. Like, it seems like we just had one. And it was like, oh yeah, but we saw what happened at the boys house last night. So like, they just want to show you this immediately. That's pretty much it. That's what I've been up to. Just nonsense. Cool. Well, I am very excited because this upcoming weekend is my fantasy baseball draft. So oh, I am cool. uh, I was gonna ask thrilled, if you did it already. thrilled for that. So no, yep. that is this Saturday. So we have, we are actually up to now. I don't think one of them's going to be there, but we now have, I think, six of 12 who have gotten at least one shot. That's cool. Which is ridiculously high ratio, I think. Yeah, my mom and dad got their first one, like, right before we left on Tuesday, so I'm, I'm excited for them, too. But yeah, everybody, it seems like it's rolling out, and I think that we got the notice that in Connecticut, like, April 5th, everybody will be able to apply for one, because Rachel still needs hers, so. Yeah, it feels like this past week or 10 days or so, I guess, I don't know when this comes out, as we're recording the last week or 10 days or so, it's been, like, a real pivot point in terms of people I know personally yep. getting it, like, states opening it more, and people kind of getting lucky with enrollment or whatever, and so, if you're out there and you haven't gotten one yet, I have faith that you will get one soon, because, Very uh, soon. first of all, number one, you know, get, get a shot, but also, number two, it just seems like there are going to be more out there, and I do think that whether it's push from above from Biden, or if it's just you know production, more in production yeah it just yeah. does feel like there are more out there so uh, i finished the miles morales video game which is a lot of fun i think okay. i liked it better than spider-man but i'm glad that i played both was it different you told me that it kind of it might it have been like the same thing different. like it is it's a different story like it's the same it's the same island like the map for both is just manhattan right like okay. all the way from the bottom to harlem and a little bit beyond like it's okay. just that's where you play and it's cool but and it's a different it's a totally different story it's not like it's just like a different skin or whatever and you have like these venom abilities because you know venom in the spider-man world and like you can have like supercharged things so, like the way you actually play and interact and level up and stuff is different um, i think this is more fun in general but oh, i also cool. am glad like the first one is bigger 
and there is there's more spider-man shit i guess like villains and just sort of story stuff like this is just kind of like uh you're you're kind of warring between these two factions that like might exist in the spider-man world i don't know because i just what i know about spider-man i know from like nigo's podcast and the movies right like i don't know much beyond that so i don't know if these are real things or not but it feels like oh like in the actual game there's like doc ock and like rhino and vulture and whatever not rhino rhino there's like a bunch of villains the sinister six is basically in that game plus some stuff designed for the game so like it's cool in that regard the other thing is more fun. It's way shorter. Like there was a trophy to beat it again on new. Do you know about new game plus? Was new game plus no. a thing when you were still playing video games? No. So there's a lot of games that have now rolled out this thing called new game plus. Essentially, after you beat a game, you can restart it, but like with your abilities and upgrades and whatever, and just play through uh, it again. That's and sort of, you know, awesome. Like when you have like cheat codes at the beginning of a game, instead of that, you just finish the game and restart with yes. your... Okay, yes. cool. And so there was a trophy for beating it there, and there's a couple other upgrades that you can only get in New Game Plus. And I wanted to get on on PlayStation. There's a platinum trophy where if you get every other trophy, you get this platinum trophy. And it's like a sort of a badge of honor or whatever. I was able to beat the game the second time, not doing anything on the side at all, so like no side quests whatsoever, and also skipping cutscenes in like three hours. So like it's a very short game. It took me probably. 10 or 12 like the first time to do everything so it's not you know that short when you play it the right way but like it's not there's not a ton of game here so it's a nice sort of add-on complement to the main one um, but the exciting thing and I was telling uh, listener Dan and past guest Dan the Duke Hayden is that the new game that I'm playing is this game called Hades which I think he's written in about which was I think I think he did write in about it now that you said that a and lot of websites yeah, yeah last year was like it was like the game of the year for everybody and what's super cool about this so this is more like Spelunky as opposed to it's like the opposite of new game plus it's like every time you die you lose everything right you have to do it again but what's cool about hades and why people really love it is that every time you die you can kind of upgrade certain things to make you overall stronger and so it's a rogue like it's like spelunky where it's randomly procedurally generated every time so the no like the path through the game is always different and there's different enemies there's different rooms or different missions and upgrades and whatever but there are like these kind of global things where like you gain a little bit more health back each time or you do a little bit more damage each time or this or that or whatever and so it is still wildly difficult but it gets easier when you die because you theoretically get yes theoretically and so i played four runs last night and like first three i died pretty quickly and then the fourth one i got like at least for me kind of far i'm sure in the grand scheme of things not very far but i was proud of that and dan was like just keep getting i don't remember what the, i don't remember what the term is let me see if i can find a text keep gathering darkness young prince glad to hear you're enjoying it so like there's like the darkness you just you gather and then you can upgrade yourself permanently as opposed to like the temporal temporary upgrades that go on so that's on switch i think and steam um so i mean people who know video games know hades but yeah i'm finally getting around to it which i'm very excited about that's cool finished eastbound and down which was i think the season four is my favorite season and i think it had a great ending if you remember spoilers for eastbound and down but he becomes a guest on ken marino's tv show um and things escalate from that and then he eventually moves to california with april and has a life and he writes his screenplay and like sort of has the happy ending there so like it feels earned it feels actually genuine which is good i liked it i I like the show too i don't remember the ending i also finished the haunting of hill house and blind manor and what was cool was i think i don't know if it's gonna be this week or next week or who knows when as you're listening to this but i recorded an episode a podcast episode with nico and john brooks for john brooks podcast hard to believe because i messaged john i was like have you 
seen this show because I would love to kind of pick your brain about it. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, do you want to do a podcast? He's like, absolutely. And so I was like, let me get Nico because Nico loves the show too. And so the three yeah. of us on Saturday did a whole like like an hour, maybe even like less than an hour on the show. And it was great. So I don't know if that's out yet or when that's out now or whatever. But look at for look for John's Hard to Believe podcast, if you like that, where I kind of just listen for a lot of it. And um, they talk about how good it is. That's cool. Pretty That's cool. really cool, though. Yeah, former guest Nico, former guest John. One other TV update. Uh, Seinfeld is getting better, which I'm thankful for. It's not. I don't love every episode yet, but the one I watched most recently, the one yesterday, was The Stranded. George invites Jerry and Elaine to a party because he thinks he can have he can sleep with this woman that he works with, and then they leave. And so he gets stuck there, and it's with Michael Chiklis. If you remember, he, like, throws the party, and so then Kramer has to come out there. He has to get there at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, and then they go back to there, and then Michael Chiklis comes, stays at Jerry's place for a while. Do you remember this episode or no? If it's what I remember, I remember George being like, he should be here any minute now, and, like, waiting at the door, kind of, and it's, like, an actual house. It is an actual house. Yeah, Jerry Yeah, Jerry is waiting for Kramer because George leaves. He was their ride, but he leaves oh, with the woman. Oh, that's right, Yes. And he's like looking at like pictures and stuff like that. And they're just like waiting for him to get out of their house because it's 2 a.m. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I remember yes, that, that was a good part one. of it. There's another one recently that was good, too. Oh, the tape where Elaine uh, leaves some steamy recordings <laughs> on Jerry's recording as he's like taping himself at his stand-up, sh- stand-up show. And he can't find out who the woman with the voice is. Yeah. And George is like, I'm attracted to Elaine. So those are funny. Uh, there was one in between where I was just like, this is eh, whatever. Um, I think just some of them just aren't going to age well. And I think coming at them, like, I'm not trying to come at them from like a woke perspective, but just like some are just like, oh, this does not translate to 2021 at all. But like, I'm saying now there are more hits than misses, which is good because, you know, it gets better. Have, yeah, I still have like 170 of them or whatever. Right. So there's still so really? many to go. 170 yeah. of them. I think there's like 190. Maybe there's 180. And I've watched like. How many have I watched? How many are in a season? Like 20, 25, I guess? Well, so the first season was five, and the second season was like 12 or 13. And then I'm like eight or 10 into the third. But yeah, like everything from here on out is like 23, 24, 25. There's nine seasons. So like, I think it's like 180, 190 episodes. Nope, there's nine. Damn. Okay, cool. And the only other update I wanted to share was that I I finally watched that movie Cherry, which I talked about on here, the Tom Holland war movie. Yes. That's also a opioid, opiate, and also a bank robbery movie and, and a it book. is yeah. real bad <laughs> it's real bad <laughs> is it really it's two hours and 20 minutes long it does not need to be that long the book is really good bob my friend bob who had me read it yeah he and i watched it together like we were you know both in our homes and we just texted while we watched it on apple tv plus oh boy it is not good and like people on letterboxd are real split like i think overall like it's not getting good reviews but the people who love it are like oh my god give tom holland his award right now and then a lot of people are just like wait what the fuck is this like it's just not good and it doesn't get the book right and i think that's the issue like i think if you watched it without having read the book you would like it more than i did okay but it's just it's still not good like it it doesn't boy it's just it's a mess and like what's even weirder about it is that it's directed by the russo brothers who directed like avengers infinity war and endgame and also like civil war like they became like the marvel guys yeah every single scene is shot like a music video in like a completely different filter or different effect it's like why are you trying so hard (laughs) it is the weirdest wildest and like i think at one point bob was like this is actually getting like fun bad and like it almost hit that point for me but like it didn't and it's just it's so because it's not trying to be bad or fun or silly it's just like this is a serious movie about like the opioid epidemic and about the war in iraq and about how you like struggle and like it's not changing filters on the thing like there's Sounds points weird. where like everyone else is going in, in, in fast, like it sped up and like fast forward and like they're in regular speed. And then there's some that just like he's like high on ecstasy or something. And like just it just looks like it's just like what is like, why? Why? What are you doing? It's the it's the um it's the paint 
edition of uh of we are your friends when they take drugs and yes everything but but in a serious movie literally every five or ten minutes is like completely different and like it looks different and i don't understand like there's sometimes where like the aspect ratio changes for no reason there's sometimes like there's just like a lot of voiceover it is the weirdest wildest and not in a good way like i was always of the mindset opinion whatever that everything like apple tv plus does not have a ton of things but everything i had seen on there was at least really good yeah i've only seen like six or seven things probably like shows and and movies but like yeah. The BC Boys thing, like the TV show Dickinson, the Tom Hanks movie Greyhound, well, Ted Lasso's on there. Like, there's everything. There's, there's not a ton of things that I've watched, and I'm sort of cherry picking things I think I'm going to like. But what I've seen on there is really good. And then I watch this movie, and I'm like, well, there's a combo breaker. So, cherry. <laughs> sorry. Speaking of aspect ratios, when I was home, I realized my dad has HD channels mm-hmm. on the TV downstairs. It's connected with coax, like normal cable. And he never selects the HD channel either, anyways. So we were watching, like, in-the-box standard definition hockey games, and I was like, this is fucking garbage. And he was like, what are you talking about? The TV's pretty new. I'm like, yeah, I know, but you have no concept of, like, right. what high definition or color about. Like, we were watching it, and Rachel's like, oh, these jerseys are, like, orange. Like, everything's fucked on this TV. And I'm like, your you color balance... Like, the color thing, I'm like, I don't have the time to fix the color. Right. And also, they don't, like, watch TV downstairs too much. Like, he usually, like, watches TV in his room, which is also, that TV's fucked. I was just like, oh, God. So, they're like, I had an HDMI cable in my bag. I plug it in, change the HD channel, and he's like, wow, this looks really great. And we're like, yeah, <laughs> this is how it normally could look all the time. My TiVo has a thing where it's like, if you accidentally put on, like, channel 2 for CBS instead of, like, 502 for HD, they'll say, like, push this button to watch in HD. Like, there's a big message on the screen. It's like, hey, dummy, yeah. easy fix this. I guess that didn't happen. I guess that's not the case. I don't think so. I think that you do get this on Comcast, and he just ignores it and puts the standard definition one on. Super cool. Super, yeah. super cool. Parents, man. Yeah, they just don't understand. We have a Patreon page, Too Fast, TooForever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of... High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Thank you all so much for supporting us at the $5 level or above. We also, since our last episode, had a bonus episode of this very show, yeah. uh, Lady Snowblood 2, Love Song of Vengeance. So if you want to listen to that and other bonus episodes, we have another one coming up soon. TooFastTooForever.com, even a dollar a month to support us and support and the time we put into this and the pains, the, the sweat off our brows and the notes in our Google Docs. The mister, the mister that I spray on myself while I watch these. TooFastTooForever.com. You also get swag and merchandise, t-shirt. We actually have t-shirts now, so if you do a tier with t-shirts, you get one of those or yep. early access to episodes and bonus episodes and the minute document and the quiz and the pit stop movies and themes choices. So lots going on there. TooFastTooForever.com. If you don't want to give us money, we have an email address, family at cageclub.me, and we have a handful of emails. I forgot. Okay, hang on. What? I forgot that we had gotten some of these after the fact. So we have four emails tonight. Okay. Okay. First up from Montez. I'm going to do two Montez back-to-back because they're both ca- they're both called Catching Up Thoughts, okay. which I confused myself. I thought Gmail was glitching. That's like, why are you showing emails twice? Because there's also two Jerry emails there that say carpet, but it's like mm, different emails. So, okay, here we go. Okay. Montez, way behind, but catching up. She says, book it and Pizza Hut. I loved doing this as a kid. Ironically, I hated reading as a child. I had trouble reading books and I was told to read. Apparently, I've always hated authority, but I would always read for pizza. Now she reads more than most people I know. Yeah, that's how it works, man. You just got to train yourself. Good on Pizza Hut for 
for making a generation of readers. Yes. By bribing them with pizzas. She says, Bill and Ted 3 also made me cry. I'm glad I wasn't the only one. Oh, nice. Yes. My friends were making fun of me. They're like, you should make that your dating profile. Just like, Bill and Ted 3 made me cry. And like, you'll attract the right kind of person. I'm like, I don't want to put that out there. Like, that's something that like I, I tell like in the privacy of this podcast. Like, I'm not just <laughs> sharing with the world that Bill and Ted 3 made me cry. Blue Crush, listening to this episode, brought back a memory of my best friend's little brother having a huge movie poster of this in his room. I can see why. This is like one you could get away with that you'd be like, there's hot girls on this picture. Oh, yeah, like how I had Sin City flip. posters up. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's also not provocative, right? Like, it's like, it's it's, it's all right. Yeah, I had. that's why I had Sin City seeing Jessica Alba, where it's just like, oh, yeah, I just, I, I love this movie, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's also, she's like in chaps or whatever, right? So, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I'm thinking of ending things. I watched the movie and loved it. And since I heard Joey say several times this is one of his favorite books, I decided to buy a copy. I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to read it this summer. I'm excited to read it this summer. Did you watch this movie yet or no? The Charlie Kaufman movie that came out on Netflix last year? No, you were telling me all about it, though. It's great. I don't know that you're going to like it. I don't know that you should watch it. But if you want to, it's great. It's on Netflix, and the book is really, really good, too. So I'm going to get through all the Oscar noms soon, so I'll be like catching up on the movies that you've been talking about. Well, that was not nominated. That got uh, iced out. I was thinking of other ones, though, because you were like, all these movies you've been talking about are like nominated. Oh, yeah. When I saw them, I was like, oh, these are all nominated. Like, cool. I can finally watch these and talk to Joey about them. There you go. Yes. Oscar noms out now, and we're going to, I think it's like six weeks or so, the Oscars. So cool. Oh, six weeks seems like more than we normally get. I feel like we normally get like four weeks. April 25th. Yeah, because it came out the 15th. So that's like 16. Yeah, six weeks. No, that's cool. I'm just saying, like, normally, like, in a normal year, I feel like. We only get four weeks, not six weeks, between, like, noms and it coming yep. out. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, Girl Fight and Resident Evil. Listening to you guys talk about these movies, I remember watching when they came out is pretty great. Also, Joey probably already knows this, but Resident Evil franchise holds a deep place in my heart, and I love the entire franchise, and I cried when it ended. Which I think I knew that, and I think I've teased her about that. I can't believe how many women we've encountered that really love that franchise. Like, Rachel loved it, Kara loved it. Well, stay tuned for my tweet later this this episode, because it's going to thematically tie into that sort of... I don't know if Resident Evil's involved, but you'll see what I come... Yeah, but yeah, but absolutely, I think it makes sense, right? It's just like, oh, Mila Jovovich kicks ass, and I don't see a lot of ladies on screen kicking ass, and even if that's not, like, why they love it, like, it's cool to see. Yeah, no, I'm just... I'm saying, but, like, for content-wise, they're, they're action movies, right? Like, this is never... Mm-hmm. This is not something that, like, Rachel's normally drawn to. But, like, we started watching Resident Evil for the podcast, and she was like, can we watch the rest of those? Like, those are pretty good. And I was like, she never played the video game. She's yep. she's not an action movie fan. So for her to like that franchise is super neat to me. She says, The Last of Us Part 2, I can confirm watching someone else play this is just as great as watching the movie. I don't fully understand that, but I think she's okay. saying that it's, it's as cinematic. You could watch it and enjoy it as opposed to just playing it and enjoying it. That, that game is amazing. So okay. I know that Wes is playing it right now, or at least was. I think he's got it on hold or whatever, but yeah. He says, our dude is super into the Formula One show on Netflix and Hyperdrive. Well, we have a, boy, do we have an episode for you. Good thing I grew up being into cars, thinking it's almost time to get him to watch The Fast and the Furious. Much love. Stay safe, Montez. Yeah, do it. How show The Fast and Furious. Uh, like... Two or three. Damn. Kids grow up fast, man. You could have told me like six months old or like three. Either one would have made sense. But yeah, weird. Okay, cool. I just, I'm picturing, uh, you know, Montez giving him a charger as her husband gives him a skyline. And he's like, he's a Collins. And she says, yeah, but he's also a Montez. Not her actual, not her maiden name, but just, you know, he's also a Montez. Yeah. <laughs> Then Montez sends some more catching up thoughts. Since my last email, I think I've listened to about 10 episodes. So that was in 
like a week. So, boy. Damn. Okay. Here's a brain dump of more thoughts I've been keeping while I drive and do some voice memos. Okay, here we go. Pineapple on pizza. First time I ever experienced pineapple on pizza, I was 15 in London. It was pineapple and black olive pizza to that day. To this day, I still love that weird combo. I've never had it with black olives, and that kind of doesn't make sense to my brain, but also kind of does. So, Montez, let's share a pineapple and black olive pizza one day, because I want to try it. One of my go-tos at, I don't get this from like, quote-unquote, real pizza places, but when I get pizza from Domino's, which is like, yeah. I don't want pizza tonight, I want Domino's, which is a different thing. I agree. I have two different go-tos. I have bacon and pineapple, pepperoni and jalapeno, okay. and those are my two go-to. And I had a, I had earned like a free pizza or whatever, so I get what, I, what it's supposed to be, bacon and jalapeno. And what it is, is pineapple and jalapeno. So like it's a combination somehow of my two pizzas, and I looked at the order, and it was, it, I did it right. They just made it wrong. And I was like, this is fine. Like it was, it was okay. It was weird. But that night, I watched that movie, The Little Things, which I told, I've talked about on here, the Denzel, Jared Leto, Rami yes, Malek movie. Yes, 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 yes. And in that movie, Jared Leto's like, yo, get me a pineapple and jalapeno pizza. I was like, what the fuck? Like this is a, this is a pizza that I didn't thing? even know like was a thing. <laughs> he orders it in this movie. So I'm like, oh, okay. Were you eating the pizza while you're watching this movie? Or no, was just... I think it was like hours later, but I was just like, this is so weird. Like this is That's like, cause I had never weird. eaten that pizza before. I never heard like that was like a thing. Like, you know, pepperoni and peppers. Like that's kind of a common thing or whatever. This was like yeah. sweet and spicy. I guess sweet and spicy makes sense, but I was just like, this is so weird. It is weird, and it's weird that it was, a, yeah, I'm I'm surprised for you. That's that's very weird. Very weird. It's not like a normal, like, menu thing. It's not like something you've never seen. Like, you, no. maybe you're like, I've never gotten it, but, like, I've seen it on menus. Like, I've never heard of pineapple and jalapeno pizza. That's weird. She says, I usually listen to you guys in the car the one time I leave my house every day to get my dude from daycare. It just so happened... That I was at the break while driving home and my dude started dancing and clapping. Needless to say, he loved the musical interlude. Well, shout out to Wes Hampton. That's very cool. Put that on your resume, Wes. Yeah. My dude started dancing and clapping. (laughs) Yeah. Like as the review. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's perfect. She says, Resident Evil 7 and VR scared the absolute shit out of me. I was screaming and my cousin refused to let me quit the game. It's a certain kind of torture that we do. I also screamed the entire way through Resident Evil 2 Remastered and the PT demo fucking lisa damn it lisa the pt demo so there was this thing it was going to be a silent hill spin-off or something but in i don't think it was in vr there was something special about it i don't remember what it is and this demo was incredible and then they canceled the game and they pulled the demo from like the psn servers you couldn't download it anymore and people were like oh my god like it was one of those things where like when remember like flappy bird got like removed and people yes. were selling iPhones on on eBay for like thousands of dollars. He's like, this phone has Flappy Bird on it. Like a, a shitty game, right? They're just like, yeah. but like yeah. you couldn't get it. People were selling PS4s with PT on it because people were like, I need to play this demo. It's like, yeah, it's good. But like you can get like games that are, I don't know, whatever. But yeah, PT was great. Is it back now? Did they like bring it back or did no, they No, they, like fans have recreated it. So like you can get like a recreated version of PT, but that's I, think it's, I think my PS4 still has it, I think. Milton's Secret episode. Oh, the episode about Milton's Secret. You should yeah. know I said out loud, R.I.P. Squirrel, remembering we are your friends. <laughs> the Vow on HBO Max. I'm currently watching this, and it's intense. Did you watch The Vow? Because I know you guys like cult stuff. No. Uh, is that is that Nexium? Nexus? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one on Stars too, that's supposedly better. I don't remember what it's called. Seduced, I think? The Nexium cult was, like, interesting to me, and we watched one of them when, like, the first one came out. Yeah, The Vow was the big one. That was the one that everybody was talking about for, like, a month. Cultiness of that one. It was, like, it was kind of, it was kind of weird. It wasn't, like, my favorite cult type thing, so. I mean, it's a sex cult, so. I know, which sounds like it should be right up my alley, but it really wasn't, so that, I I don't know. I'll get to it at some point. I'm just, you know, I'm not, like, in the cult state of mind, and, uh. 
you know, the time passed right. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> she says, Devil. Oh, here we go. Speaking of what you talked about before, Devil in the White City, great book. I quote facts from it often, especially when I crack a PBR, which admittedly has been a long time. Yes. PBR in the book? Yes. One of the, one of the facts we heard it while we were listening, the beer that won best beer of the fair was Pabst. And Wait, is that it, the blue ribbon? Is that the, yes. where the blue ribbon comes from? Very yes. cool. There's like so. Again, we were just talking about it. We we're just like literally just talking about it. But there's so many cool facts like that in the book. He'll come through. Okay, like one spoiler. The day that the fair opened, some guy was like, "We should have all the school children celebrate it." So, um, why don't we have them stand and like look at the flag and say this thing? And it was the Pledge of Allegiance. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, like, you know, you're like. Oh fuck! It started because of this. Like it literally was because of the fair that we started doing Pledge of Allegiance, and then now we have this, you know, weirdo yeah. Americanized patriotism brainwashing and children. Why don't they has... do it anymore? I don't know if they do it anymore. Oh, uh, okay. But it, I mean, think it lasted from eighteen ninety two twenty years. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> until yeah. like us. So she says, "Oh man, I finally reached the point in the podcast where I started sending emails again. That was a real dry period. Joe too legitimately forgot about me. Did I? I don't know." Uh, if if Montez so. says so, you said so, so, you know. I never, I never forget about Montez. Less than 35 episodes to go. Whoever thought I would get here, I certainly didn't. Well, I didn't. Keep going, Montez. I absolutely didn't. That feels like the last, that should be the last note, but there's more in the email. She says, I also really <laughs> loved when Brian's wife butted in on the end of the Wives He Forgot episode to talk about Hocus Pocus. I had a good laugh. Well, there's a whole episode of Brian's podcast with her as the guest about Hocus Pocus, where Brian kind of reluctantly lets her on. It's a great episode, but it's just, yeah. I didn't want to have my wife on the podcast. She needed to be on, so we're doing this. <laughs> hey, funny. man. I know, I know how that works. I let my dude watch the Fast. Oh, ooh! In the last week, I let my dude watch the Fast and Furious, and he freaking loves it. We're on our no. second watch through. We may be on our way to our first favorite movie. Ooh, yeah! Oh. And much to my surprise, my husband said we were going to watch all the movies with him, which blew my mind. Well, boy, well, baby, do we have a podcast for you? <laughs> it's not. It's not for small children. But one day, my my friend, one day, my little friend, you will grow up and find this. Yeah, and you will hear will be- your mom's insanity strewn about these episodes <laughs> yeah no and you hear you're like your mom recounting the first time you watched fast and the furious yeah. we'll be on fast and the furious 25 by then there'll be seventy thousand episodes of this podcast <laughs> jesus yeah maybe maybe he <laughs> says joe too are you going to watch this new lifetime movie series called ruby based on some ridiculous vc andrews books i know i am look i'm so balls deep into gold show right now i haven't even turned on lifetime movie network for a while i'm on season five they bought this like old ship that there's like a dredge that like i'm deep into gold show so i haven't watched lifetime movie network in a little bit so i don't know what the current promo is it's it sounds like something i'd like the ones based on books totally cool by me gonna try to chime in with something i have nothing i got nothing i got no i got no i got nothing to say about lifetime well they always like if you're watching it like lifetime movie network or lifetime like whatever movie you're watching there's four commercials a movie for what the current next movie is right so sure i just haven't seen them she says personal update it feels like forever but my little family and i finally got our first vaccine shots well congratulations my health is still meh but i finally have an appointment to see a specialist in july i hate the healthcare american healthcare system stay safe and be well much love from much love from va montez i'm glad that you guys got your shots that's cool my mom just got my mom and dad just got hers. I said Rachel's mom literally just texted us while we're recording saying she got hers. So I'm happy that everybody's doing good. Very, very, very cool. Yeah. Our next email from Jerry, subject line Hobbs Beard. Hobbs Beard. So during your recent episode, you guys talked about the time between five and six and something popped in my head. Hobbs's beard. 
In five, he's full on beard, but in six, it looks like he's shaved, but grew a few gray and white hair. So he sends two pictures. Let me see you now. Now, he must have shaved it after the end credit scene and then started to grow it again. With Mia at the end of five, she's shown to be at least six or seven months pregnant. It has to be at least a few months in between that and the beginning of six. Telling Dom it wasn't hard to find him is really impressive. If you think about if you think about it like an episode of one of my favorite shows, I almost got away with it. When I saw six in theaters, oh, this, I guess, changing subject here. Gina's character was so perfect, it was too perfect. And I called it in the theater that she'll betray Hobbs and made a $100 bet with a random person who believed she wouldn't betray the family. As we all know, I made an extra $100 and a bunch of witnesses to tell the guy to own up and pay me. We shook on it, too. Whew. Ooh, that's good. But yeah, looking at these pictures, yeah, it does look like he, uh, there's like the thin, yeah, it may be, yeah, yeah. To be honest, I don't remember The Rock having a beard in these movies. Oh, I do. My residual self-image in The Matrix parlance, even though it's not a self-image, my residual rock image is him with a goatee. I think that's normally, because I think he's also got one in seven. This, like, second picture with, like, a little bit of gray, maybe. Thank you, Jerry, for writing, and congratulations on that $100 you won eight years ago. Yeah, congratulations. Hope that you bought some Bitcoin and you're living the dream right now. Well, did you hear that? So I, you might, you probably heard because you're, you're up on sports news that Russell Okung turned half of his salary into Bitcoin. Yes. Did you hear about this? This was like two years ago. I remember the, I remember when it first No, it was, it. it was last year, I think. Well, because he, he, he did it when Bitcoin was at $27,000. So it wasn't that long ago. But now that it's up to 61, uh, he's now a top 10 paid player in the NFL because it like went from like you know it, it more than doubled its value in like eight months or something like it's crazy like it was yes a great investment yes it was our last email from Alex Ellen in subject line I might be one of the foremost authorities on the Fast and Furious movie franchise I'm at least top two percent he says subject is a tweet from 330 2015 Okay. I feel like we need a Fast and Furious equivalent of OnlyFans where people are like, I'm a top 0.1% or whatever. Ooh. We just need like a where we are in Fast and Furious trivia. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I'd be that high. No, you would be. You're right. I guess we, we have to be at least top 1%, right? We have to. Top 1% versus top 0.1 or top 0.01 or what? You know what I mean? It's like exponential. It's a, it's a, yeah. yeah. So there's a tweet from 3-30-2015. So six years ago my lap nine pick oh okay so this is in response to something we discussed on the bonus episode about a new idea for patrons that you don't need to know unless you're a patron so just check it out too fast or pay a dollar and you'll find out my lap nine pick is directly inspired by the franchise you have to give the proper context as effectively one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse that was the 2008 financial crisis Joey, you're going to hate it as one of the as the owner of one of the 14 copies on DVD. I kind of hate it. It's not super great for the cars. And depending on your belief of the supernatural, it could be responsible for Paul Walker's death in a very pre 2008 display of too much money. They use practical effects to actually launch and destroy Porsche Carrera GT for a stunt. And as we know, Paul and Roger were in a Porsche Carrera GT yep. when they died. There's only 14 DVD copies of this movie. No, he's just saying that, like, that nobody owns it because it's terrible. So he okay. just he's just making a joke about how nobody likes this movie. But he owns the DVD, so there we go. We've encountered movies that there might only be 14 DVD copies of. I thought that maybe he was, maybe it was that deep. I don't know what the movie is. Nope, you, you don't need to know. Okay. I'm trying to avoid it. I'm trying not to think about it until it ha- until we actually have to cover it. So okay. that's all the emails. Family at cageclub.me if you want to email in again, twofast2forever.com and twofast2forever.shop for our store. Or if you want to do none of those, leave us a review. That person left us a two-star review on Apple Podcast did not review it. He just rated it two stars or she. I don't know. They rated yeah. it two stars. So thanks. 
question mark. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. Have you seen any news since we last recorded? There was one big news that you tweeted, and then I had saw that you tweeted, and I almost retweeted it from the account again. They had to be listening to us. Oh, yes. And they were comparing, could the Avengers take the Fast and the Furious? And like that was like a news story that happened in the past week that everybody was talking about. Yeah. And, and I um, beady wappy that guy, and he did not respond, but somebody else did. Somebody else liked it. So, I mean, it doesn't count yeah. for the game, but it's out there. Like, that's, yeah, it's a perfect, like, no, th- this is absolutely. They're actual superheroes, but also, like, nobody in Fast and the Furious gets hurt ever. Other than that, which isn't really news, but it's definitely something worth talking about, because, again, it is a thing that we, you know, that a tweet that went big... viral, that's basically our thing, yeah. yeah. Not our thing, but one of the things we've talked about. Our thing, like, if no Nice Denise or Food All Over the Place went viral, and, like, it wasn't to do with us, like, I would be upset, but... Yeah. <laughs> no niece to niece, maybe less so. Food all over the place. If that went viral without us, I would be upset. Like, that's that's our thing. Like, in terms of all the things that, like, yes. could be our thing, that's our thing. But yes. other than that, like, you know, now that they have the later release date, there's still no more trailer since the Super Bowl one. There's no, no. more real news. And so we're, we're just, we're, we're time soldiers on, right? So we'll get there yeah. eventually. We'll get there. But we did have a new episode of Young Rock last night. Episode four, Check Your Head. We have Randall Park not there, but Kenny Smith, a.k.a. Jet from NBA on TNT there, talking to adult rock, current yes. day rock, future yes. rock, president rock, about his time in at the U, at the University of Miami. Rachel's alma mater, yeah. Good episode. It was a pretty good episode. I liked it a lot. I was thinking when I was watching it that I'm kind of disappointed that we don't get as much fluctuation between, like, young rock, middle rock, current rock like we did in the first episode but then these episodes are like 20 minutes long so it's not it's it's a lot to balance and i think that's short that's short yeah yeah i agree but yeah this was a fun one they apparently his defensive line coach which i didn't know was ed oberon at the time if you don't know is like the head coach of lsu and they just won the national championship and he always sounds like he has like a mouthful of marbles and just like talks like in this wacky accent i guess and like you can barely understand him they made a lot of fun of that, which was cool. And then also he showed up at the end of the episode, which was fun too. So yeah, modern day, I guess in that future, whatever, but like current day, whatever, and just talking yeah. and you know saying go Tigers and the Rock being personally offended. The the big moment here is a little bit of a spoiler. It's a spoiler, but uh, we get the icon. I won't say what it is, but we oh. get the most iconic Dwayne the Rock Johnson look of all time recreated for the the time, the moment in this episode, which I was very excited to say. Do we know if that's the the story behind that? that thing or i would assume it it is or like whatever the actual thing was behind that thing i mean i'm being vague on purpose but like that it's like what the story they told was the equivalent of whatever that actually was because of right because it's not like they're not consulting the rock he's like hey this happened where's that where's that picture from oh it's from here or whatever right so yeah that part was really really cool anyways it was about like yeah it was just about him at the university of miami and him getting injured as a freshman more of his parents Yep. But it was a pretty tight episode. It was it, like they're building the story now. They're like on to like story mode. So as this episode comes out, there was an episode tonight and there's another one the following week. Then beyond that, who knows? But there are two more episodes. Remember, there was none last time we skipped a week. But the now, yeah. yeah. So this episode that we just covered and then the next two weeks tonight, as you're listening to this in the main feed and then also the week after that, new episodes. So check it out NBC on Tuesday nights or Hulu the next day yeah it's it's so fun I like it it's like I, yeah. it's very very it's very very gentle I'm curious to see where they go with the story I don't think the rock is an excellent storyteller 
And I think that he's What do you mean? How do you also, mean that? I think that he's very much in charge of the storytelling, but he's maybe not the best personal storyteller in the sense that he'll be like, he'll drop something in the middle of an episode. He'll be like, but that's about, like, that's a thing for another day. And you're like, well, then why the fuck did you say it, dude? I don't think that's him. I think that's all written in. It's not like he's like ad-libbing and they're like building the episode around it. That's all scripted too. So this is just, this is them building the world and building the mythology, but being like, we have to address that. We know that that's a thing, but we don't have time because to your point, it's 20 minutes. So I don't think any of that is a reflection on him as an actual storyteller. I think this is all like, this is the episode we're talking about. I want to see how this wraps up because the stories that they're choosing, I always feel like whenever we're watching it, the story that I want to be told about is not the part that I'm watching. I think you just got to let that go. Just enjoy the ride. No, I am. But I'm saying like, I'm always like, oh, there's something really interesting right here. And then it's like, oh, no, we're talking about this thing over here because he like wants to talk about his mom for an episode. So we will see. We will see. This is also you not remembering how to watch TV on a weekly basis. Fair. Very, very fair. Absolutely. Just relax. Just enjoy. Just enjoy the ride. I am enjoying it. Like, I still really like it. I'm just like, I feel, I'm like, I just want to know so much more. I get it. But speaking of enjoying the ride, the Fast and the Furious Minute, Too Fast, Too Furious, Minute 2 for Too Fast, Too Furious, Two Minutes, episode, a minute I called, of course, of course, an all-timer tonight. tonight. Jimmy, man, give me the status. Tell me we good. Beautiful. It's going to be an all-time of the night. All right, all right, all right. Fire them up. We go live and fire. It's time for ignition and straight automobile. So in this minute, our pick <laughs> forgot I wrote this down. I'm making myself laugh like an idiot. Our pickup truck of vandals continues to close roads. Tej answers a phone call from Jimmy and sees a good evening ahead. Tej hypes up the crowd as the Too Fast, Too Furious title card comes in. So big moments in here. Tej is the first main character we see in the film. Yep. We first see him from behind. Yep. There was dialogue in the first minute, but this is actually like the real, actual first dialogue. So not only is he the first character, he's the first spoken dialogue. Yep. And his look, I mean, again, we all know it. Everybody who's listening knows the look, but the mechanics outfit, afro, the gold jewelry, the hair pick in his afro. Like, oh, it's just, yeah. it's an iconic, it's a beautiful iconic. look. It is. It's beautiful. This minute is all about Tej and like coming from the first movie, which was radically white there's the diversity in terms of like there's asian characters and everything like that but like no black people in the first movie other than bilkins shout out bilkins shout out ja Heather. Ja Rule, but like in like one minute you know what i mean like that's yeah, barely no, i get but it yeah. this is like when we're keying in on this is like oh this is a different movie and this is like john singleton being like this is we're telling a different story here and i think it's very apparent from the jump i agree i also and this is a, sh- a line that i've heard a dozen times or more but this, this I kind of want maybe to be the trivia question. We'll get to that one at the end. But it's time for ignition and straight automobile pimp. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> what does that mean? Line. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not cool enough. I don't. I, I am not ludicrous. I'm never going to be ludicrous cool. Those are just straight words to me. Straight automobile pimp. Straight automobile pimp. 
I don't know yeah. what that means. But what did you notice in this minute? Because there's more clothing I want to get to, but I will save that. But what did you get to? What do you see in this minute? The truck that is putting up road close signs, that seems like it's all one truck, right? Nope. Yes. Those are no. two different license plates on the trucks. <sighs> So cool. apparently that's two trucks that look identical and there's there's more than one group of vandals because the one that's in the first the first minute that we saw them put the first road close sign down and the truck in the second road close sign is different and I think the third road close sign is the same truck as the first one. Interesting. Okay. Okay. The Olympia Theater that they put a road close sign in front of exists. Cool. And I found the Olympia Theater on Google Maps. That was uh-huh. something cool. Juan Cito's garage does not exist. So Tej's Tej's garage is not real. It kind of, to be honest, that part where like the title card comes up kind of seems like a movie lot. Doesn't it seem like a universal lot type thing? Yeah, I can see that as like kind of like a self-contained because there's a lot. I mean, you, you close streets like you get permits, you close streets, but there are like dozens, if not like hundreds of people there. Right. So it's like this is like a big area where like if they have a lot, it would make sense to have it there. And just like the way it's set up where like all the streets kind of come to like a corner. It felt like it feels like a lot to me. Yeah. This this one finishes on the Supra, which is apparently the same as it's the same Supra as Brian's Supra with a different uh, wrap on it. OK, so. Yeah, and then we'll get to the other cars as the minute goes on. I didn't get all the cars in the background because they're not on Car Movie Database. Shaking my damn head, Car Movie Database. Come on, guys. Well, I mean, that like one pan shot before the yeah, title no, card it. is like it. near impossible. So The thing I want to call attention to, I sent a picture of to you and Kara today yes. in our Facebook chat. But there, yes. I called it Cameron Diaz girl because she kind of looks like Cameron Diaz, kind of looks like Paris Hilton. Uh, what's the girl from, from uh, Spider-Man? Which Spider-Man? Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst. Kind of looks like Kirsten Dunst a little bit. So this girl is all out. Like, this is clearly like a wear like you're going to a rave clothing, kind of. Or like look hot in a music video. Because she has a red like corduroy maybe hat turned to the yeah. right. Yeah. Pink arm wrap with a yeah. blue ribbon One arm. tied into a bow. One arm. One On the arm. other arm, she's got a long sleeve pink satin glove. Uh, got a pink and orange bikini top. A plaid pink and orange pleated skirt with a fuzzy blue belt. And she's holding on something in her hand. She's got long blonde hair and big gold hoop earrings. And I was like, what the fuck? Is, what are you doing? And then she's talking to a girl who's sitting on like an open hood of a car. And she's got like just like a regular blank tank, black tank top. But then a huge fuzzy red heart that's like over her entire chest. Like yeah. from the top of her breast down to her stomach. It's just like this huge like not glued on probably sewn on. But like this huge fuzzy red heart that like I've never seen these girls before in this movie. Like, I'm sure that I have, but I've never processed it. But, like, going essentially frame by frame, I'm like, this is insane. This is a wild-ass costume, and I want to know if that was done by the costume department. But because considering she's, like, an extra, I think that this was stuff that she had at her house. And that makes it even more confusing. Yeah. And then there is someone I just called Natsuki because she's another Asian girl. Like, it looks like she's, like, in the, like, dressed like an Asian schoolgirl. Like, that seems like that's the yes. instructions that she got. And <laughs> she's wearing, like, a matching green and white plaid top and skirt and pink trim, like, another kind of belt. And it's just like, I, I okay, like, they're just, like, hot girls, like, dressing crazy. And, like... <laughs> I don't know if it was crazy back in 2003, but like in retrospect, 18 years later, it is insane what they're wearing. And not like bad, like not not tasteful and not like slutty. It's just like, what is happening? It's just like, it's wh- wild. Everything is like accessorize. The, the Cameron Diaz girl looks like she went into a closet with like Velcro tape to her and just like spun around and came out of the closet. Whatever was there was just like, she just <laughs> got caught in a tornado and came out wearing that. 
because it's just like it's just like a weird mix of things and there's there's like not a lot of symmetry going on it's very strange so now given all of this given all these outfits given the dialogue given everything <sighs> we've seen what do you want to have as the trivia question here i kind of like the idea of the how does Tej psych up the crowd straight on a real pimp? But like, I don't know how to come up with alternatives to that that don't sound fake. I just love that line, straight on mobile pimp, because I don't know what it means. I like that. I was thinking it's kind of close, kind of not, because now the first movie and the second movie both start out with a phone call that we should reference the phone call and say, who is Tej on the phone with? Oh, okay, I like that. Because I think we could throw Brian in there, which it's not. So we have Brian, Jimmy, Suki, or we don't know. Perfect. And the answer is Jimmy, because he says, as you just heard, Yo, Jimmy, man, give me the status. Tell me we good. He just says, we got it, man. Exactly. And I think that's kind of on par with like Rogers on the side. Sure. That was my parallel that I was thinking when I was doing this. It's also weird that I didn't notice that both of these movies kind of start out with a phone call. Well, it's like wildly different because it's like one that we actually know the character and one just like, yeah, it's got Rogers on the side. You know what I mean? So do a lot of movies start with like a phone call and like that's the first thing that you get? I don't know. I, I know that Tokyo to. Drift does not open with a phone call. It opens with a DJ Shadow song. So yeah. Who calls Tej in the opening scene of Too Fast, Too Furious from minute two in all timer tonight? Brian, Jimmy, Suki, or we don't know. The answer, of course, is Jimmy. Yeah. Well, Joe, let's take a break. Let us bring in Heather Antos to talk about the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Number 171, Tokyo Drift. This episode is brought to you by Nature Cure. Nature Cure cold therapy slippers are a vacation for sore, aching, or hot feet. Even stubborn arch pain and painful chronic conditions like plantar fasciitis. Shout out to Natricure. Shout out to a company you have now pronounced three or four different ways. Three or four. I was, try, I was trying to get that. it right. I just one of them's right. I know that one of them's right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Good job. Thanks. I'll just you know when we hear from them, I'll just take the audio from that one and just copy and paste in the other three. Sounds perfect. What if I did that? That would be crazy. That's a crazy <laughs> thing. That's a crazy person thing to do. It is a crazy person thing to do. Welcome back to Too Fast, Too Furious. As teased, Too Fast, Too Forever. Jesus Christ. My brain. <laughs> My just brain. That's what it was. Yeah. I know. As mentioned before the break, we have with us once again for the sixth movie. We are now from here on out chronological release order. Everything the same. Everything proper. Proper service to the franchise. We have with us Heather Antos. Hello, Heather. Hello, Joey. Thank you for joining us once again for a movie that I believe you called not the best, but not the worst. Yeah, I think I think that's what I tweeted or texted you. You you did not text me about this. I don't. Think. other than maybe this is the one that you made Tyler watch too? Yeah, I made Tyler watch this one yeah. with me. He actually wanted to. Interesting. Okay. okay. Well, he told me that he's watched the first half hour of it like seven times, but I don't, but he wasn't sure if he'd ever seen the rest of it. That's so weird. Okay. <laughs> you know, it'd be on TV or whatever. And so he kept sure. seeing the, yeah. the intro part over and over. And so, yeah, I had to watch it and he hasn't watched any of them with me yet. And I was like, Oh, I have to watch this one this weekend. Do you want to partake? And he's like, 
only if we can drink. That's the best way to watch it. Yeah. And this is a nice one because, I mean, we've said this before, but you can really kind of enter at like one, two, three, four, or five. But even if you've never seen a minute of any of them, you could watch this one and be like, yeah, I get it. And like, you know, oh, that's that's Vin Diesel at the end. I, I know he's in the other movies. This must be a callback or something, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Standalone as standalone can be. But before we talk about Tokyo Drift, Heather, we have two questions tonight. Are you ready for these? Okay. Are you more a fan of American muscle cars or imports? Now that we have traveled across the Pacific to Japan, now that we have seen a Charger drift, apparently. A Mustang drift, yeah. A Mustang drift, and there's also the Mazda, the RX-7 in this all over, you know, Han's beautiful Mm -hmm. car. Are you more of a fan of American muscle or imports? I don't care. I don't care. Perfect. I will write that down. That's a good answer, yeah. It's a very good answer. What have you said is your favorite car? Do you have a favorite car? Do you have a Barbie Dream car? Do we talk about this? I do not. Okay. Cool. I'm, uh, yeah, other. I, I, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I, it's funny because, like, I appreciate the mechanics of cars. You know, I think I talked about earlier, my grandfather loved classic cars and collected classic cars and built them and, and all of that. And so, like, I learned how to take apart a car engine and put it back together when I was 13 years old, you know, before I learned to drive. You know, I, ju- I appreciate them, but it's just not. I don't understand being a fan of cars. It's just you not appreciate me. a good body regardless of the make. make. That's a yeah. quote yeah. from movie four. There you go. Does it run? Cool. <laughs> Can I pick Does up my run? Starbucks at it? Great. <laughs> cool. Okay. Easy enough. I love it. That's simple enough. So now, much more difficult question. This is a, this is a serious question. Okay. Okay. Is the word oil one Damn syllable it. or two? One. Okay. I had a much more pressing question. I thought that it was one then of the Then ask your videos. question. Hey, well, it's a no. common question. Joe, too, can ask questions, Joey. Is this the question we just had answered? Yes. Yeah, we don't talk about that in this, because I think we also have a definitive answer for that now. We've never actually had it as a an actual question in this, in this opening segment. Okay. okay we'll get fair. to that when we get to that, though. We'll get, I do we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. I'm very confused. You'll get, you you'll should see. be. You absolutely should be, because we, have, we are being really weird and vague about this. But here we go. Tokyo Drift... <laughs> Heather, before we talk about the movie, what is your pick for the film's cool moment? Ryan, don't lose that cool of yours. That's your meal ticket. Oh, my favorite one that I wrote down that like legitimately made me smile and chuckle was in the opening after we're going to have a measuring of the dicks between Zachary Ty Bryant and Lucas Black. And they're in the ER and he smiles with the bloody teeth. Yeah. At Cindy. I loved that. I thought that was great. Um, and then, especially too, when like she was disgusted by it when it's like this happened because of you. Yep. And then uh, when he's talking to the police officer and he asks the police officer if he can get a copy of the tape. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So you're a fan of the Lucas Black Sean Boswell character. I appreciate his brazenness. Okay. Do you appreciate his high school boyish looks? <laughs> yeah, that's a word for it. <laughs> because here's here's the here's a slight spoiler. So in seven, uh, he's back. I and know. It's supposed to be like that week. And it, <laughs> oh, really? And it yeah. takes place. They filmed it, you know, eight or nine years later. And so instead of being like a twenty-six year old high school student, he's, he's like, like a thirty-five year old high school student. <laughs> 
So just get ready for that. No, I assumed is... I assumed he's back in seven because of how it ended. Part of seven, you'll see, but like part of seven is that they actually have Dom go and like you know it's it's kind of a continuation of what we see here of in this the, scene, in the yeah. final scene. But yeah, like they show stuff, they show like a couple clips from this movie, and there's an exchange. It's just like oh god, like it's even more of a receding hairline. <laughs> oh right? so, my god, ten years older for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's. <laughs> so funny because he looks fucking 30 in this oh yeah i think he's close to 30 yeah i did the math he's mid-20s at least he was born in 82 and this came out in 07 so he's 24 25 right so yeah he he came on and i mean for anyone who followed my live tweets which i listened to you and i made it so no one could respond and people got people got mad at me good they got mad at you for not letting them respond yes i got dms (laughs) i got people (laughs) tweeting me separately i got people <laughs> quote tweeting and like i don't know why i can't respond to this <laughs> that's beautiful that actually makes it way better yeah. that's really fun you should probably do that for all of your tweets because i've seen some of the responses and it would be wild <laughs> like why can't i respond to this because yeah. i don't want you to asshole <laughs> I thought about replying as too fast and just like being like, oh, there's so much room for activities here. But like, I, I, didn't. Like, I didn't actually have anything clever to say. Oh, no. So I see, I tagged you guys specifically so you could respond. Well, we can do it in the next one. Do it again. When, you, when you're doing when you doing seven, Okay. tag us and I will respond and I will just rub it in all of their It'll just be a conversation. Faces. So love how how much you enjoy this. <laughs> people will be like, Rah! Well, so we have, we have a tweet to talk about because one of the people, and I, I don't want to put them on blast, said that watching them in this order is a disservice to the franchise uh-huh. which joe and i've talked about a lot on here about why we do this and i think there is something like aside from the story we are at this point after six in a time where every movie is two hours and ten minutes or longer yes and so cutting in a movie that's oh like yeah an this hour was 35 this was a nice credits, break i was very yes. excited when i started the runtime and i was just like oh this is this is short i appreciate that after, yeah, the three movies that are two hours back to back. <laughs> because the next three, we got like a 210 and Ugh. then like with, then it's like a two, like the the un, the extended cut of Fate is like 230. Yeah. And then Hobbs and Shaw is like 215, but it's really like two plus a couple credit scenes. So and like the, it's not and as then long, we get but... the Snyder cut, right? Yes, oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And four by three aspect ratio. Yeah. Story elements aside, I think it's a nice sort of palette cleanser. Because also like, this movie is just breezy. Like, aside yes. from the fact that it's short, it's just like it flies by because it's like wall-to-wall soundtrack and just like, we're going to fly through this thing. We also, ideally, even though I'm sure it was spoiled for you a hundred thousand times on Twitter, we want to have that experience where somebody does not know Han dies and preserve that for them here. And we've come close a couple times, but we did not have that. So did you know, had you seen, did you intuit that Han is going to die? I knew that Han dies even before that's one of the few things i knew about this franchise before i started this podcast so i already knew the character han dies three fucked up the timeline Mm -hmm. you know i i knew all of that going going into it i think honestly of all of them three is the one i think i knew the most really okay that's interesting and i didn't really know anything about it but like I knew about the Hulk car, uh, like the scene, the parting of the Red Sea, you know, I knew about. Okay, yeah. There was just other like images that came up in this where I'm like, oh, I've seen that before. I I have to assume this is one of the movies that my dad had playing on in the background gotcha. like one time okay. when I was home. Makes sense. 
Yeah. You know, and I just caught part of it, but yeah. And I also feel like, and I don't know if this actually would in, would inform any details of the movie, but the same way that people use the, the phrase electric boogaloo to like make jokes about like a sequel that doesn't need to exist, even though that has now been repurposed into a terrible thing. Like, I feel like Tokyo Drift is also a thing that's used as a punchline. Like just, what's, what is, what is it even about? Like what, you know what I mean? So like, I yeah. feel in the zeitgeist kind of a pop culture, whatever, there is more maybe about this movie out there, even though I'm sure that people, because this is also like by far, I think far and away, the most polarizing movie. Like people either love this movie or hate this movie. Even fans of the franchise like are not at all united on this one. It's like either, is it's weird. It's a weird movie in, in the grand scope and scheme and narrative of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But we want, like so the reason we do this here is for the narrative consistency, the chronological timeline, to hopefully possibly preserve that reveal to cut in a shorter movie later, you do kind of have to excuse like at the beginning of four, where like if you had seen three and then four, you're like, oh, how is Han back? He's like, I'm going to go to Tokyo or whatever. It's like, oh, I see what they're doing here. There's weird conversations that like they mentioned Tokyo three or four times in four, five and six. But as someone in terms of the story brain, your editor brain, do you think you would have liked things better or worse if we did them in release order. Is it too close to tell, too soon to tell? No, I immediately when watching it and after I was like, I would not have I would not have enjoyed this had I watched it after two. Interesting. You know, I know I'm gonna be in the minority here, but I had fun with this one. I had it's a good. I yeah. I had fun with this one. The stakes are low. Like they're trying mm-hmm. they're not making this like a big deal. It's just a high school kid being a high school kid and breaking the rules and just having fun and driving fast cars, you know, and getting into trouble and it just happens to be in Tokyo. And then the yakuza comes in and that gets a little weird, but <laughs> You're not wrong. That's when I was like, "Well, this is interesting." Um <laughs> I understand why, especially in release order, why people are just like, fuck this. Especially as it's two movies back to back where like Vin Diesel wasn't in it. And I understand for people who love Vin Diesel and who are watching those movies for Vin Diesel, not having Vin Diesel is going to be a big uh, letdown for them. Uh, But I think, again, that's another reason why I loved it. <laughs> it, yes. It's just it's so weird to think about. So the first movie. So like, if you are a friend, if you're a fan of the first movie, you're looking forward. You're like, okay, see the first one. I love it. This is great. Give me more. And then the second one is only Paul Walker, and everything else is new. It's like, okay, this is kind of weird, but okay, I can go with it. Yeah. And then this, it's a hundred percent new. <laughs> right. Yep. And then the fourth one is like a like it's the same movie as the first one, kind of, but like darker Better. and grittier and yeah. slicker and whatever. Just like. Like, what the fuck? What is, what's happening? And then finally you get to five. You're like, okay. So, like, by that point, either you're, like, you're not on board anymore. No, totally. Thinking about it, in retrospect, like, the fact that this is now a multi-billion dollar franchise, seeing how they get from one to two to three to four, it's like, how did this happen? No, I, and I completely agree with that. Like, I like thinking about how this made, I'm like, I get why people are just in it for the ride now. You know? Like, I yeah. totally, <laughs> yeah. no pun intended, but, like, I get it because, again, what the fuck was going on right. <laughs> when these are getting made? There's nothing they could do to surprise you anymore, right? Like, that's why we're just, yeah, you just have to, like, you just concede. You know, and especially, like, this would be a thing where I'm like, I'm not even going to watch the trailers anymore. I'm just going to show up and just see. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because the trailer's just going to make me mad, you know? I genuinely, and I hate saying this because this makes me feel terrible, but, like, I genuinely think I enjoyed this the most because there was no Paul Walker or Vin Diesel in it. That's fine. I, I just that. can't I think, yeah, stand yeah. them. 
you, your love of Sean is like like just picking two Sean cool scenes was just like wild to to start this because you know, like I have I have like a dozen things written down and Sean is nowhere near any of them. <laughs> no, because well, yeah. the rest of it, like the rest of it, for me, I'm like I genuinely could do without any of the car scenes in this. Just take them all out for me. <laughs> well, so do you think visually or I mean I get that like that if. In a broad They're sense, just I all so that. long. <laughs> they are very long. But if they weren't, the movie would be like 75 minutes. Perfect. <laughs> That's fantastic. Do you think that the drifting scenes are more interesting than like just like a quarter mile race or no? As a disinterested, dissociated viewer, <laughs> what do you hate less? I like the scenes when they are like when he's learning how to drift or like in okay. um, five when they're practicing to avoid the yep. cameras or things yep. like that. Like I like them working out the problem. The training montage of racing. The montage. Yeah. I like that because there's an actual arc to that. Right. Sure. The, the actual races themselves are just like, and you could just tell me who wins. I don't care. Sure. <laughs> we already got to fast the movie, forward yeah. 15 minutes, right? We like, got to the movie that we, we see like, Vin Diesel shows up and they don't even show us the race. They're just yeah. like Vin Diesel won. Yeah, like, no, yeah, we, we did that. Yeah. Well, that's what I think is kind of funny is that like when I'm when I'm watching these movies now, I'm not always paying 100 percent attention because I've seen this now ten times um, at least. But I'm actively paying attention when like there's no cars on screen when people are just talking. I'm like, okay, what character details can I pick up that I haven't seen yet? And then like as soon as like a, an action scene starts, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like I just check out because like, <laughs> yep. Like there's nothing more to talk about. Like we've been like, oh my god, can you believe that like Dom jumped across a bridge and caught Letty and like they fell into a car? It's like, yeah, yep. I get it. Like that's cool, but like that there's not much more to say. But it's like, oh my god, did you see that like Tej like busted out like a silver dollar? It's like, wait, what? What are you? Like, that's, nobody sees that. You're, like just like dumb shit like that, right? So yes, yes that's yes. what I'm looking for. So it's a very we're watching these in the wrong way. But I agree with you. Like first time or tenth time or whatever, it's like yeah, okay, car race. I get it. Yeah. Cool. Well, and that and, and I think that's the thing for me is like nothing has shocked me like truly in them. You know, it'd be one thing if like a car race and then like one of the main characters died. Yeah. But like. Han wasn't even a main character in this. He was a side character. Like, he's a main character only because, you know, watching it in viewer, uh, in canonical order, like, we know him, right? So Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, that guy, I care about him. So the weirder wrinkle is that this is Justin Lin's first movie in the franchise. He goes on to direct three through six. Mm -hmm. He's going to do nine, 10, 11. But he came from a movie, the movie did before this was Better Luck Tomorrow, which also featured Han as Han, as Sung Kang as Han. So like, he <laughs> came from a different movie into this movie. And like, it's kind of an unofficial prequel. This character who was so cool in this movie, that they effectively rewrote the timeline of the franchise oh to God. reincorporate him, isn't even original to this franchise, that he comes from a different property. And it's 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 such a weird, weird thing. In a cool way, but still a weird thing. That's super weird. Joe, what's your cool moment? I was looking for a cool moment when I was watching this. I was like trying not to find like one of the super highlights. And something that really struck me as really cool this time is the guy that starts the first drift race when Sean doesn't know what drifting is. That's like smoking the cigarette, drops it, puts it out, points at the girl, points at the girl, walks by, drops his fingers. That guy is super cool. Oh, yeah, the handsome the handsome race starter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is awesome. And I was like, you know what? I think you might be the coolest person in this movie. Besides Juan, <laughs> obviously. We've looked him up. He's credited in a really, really cool way. Hold on. He's credited as really cool guy, right? Exceedingly handsome guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, that's hilarious. 
because there's cowgirl at starting line number one, cowgirl at starting line number two, and then exceedingly handsome guy. That's awesome. See, Played even by Satoshi that is cool. Subabuki. Yeah. That's super cool. Exceedingly handsome guy. Because, I mean, there are obvious things like Han appearing on screen with his arms around two women. Han's, yeah. what's the point of a race question? The, this is my Mexico speech. Yep. Like, everything Han does. is fucking like, that's, cool. That's yeah. it. The arrival to the parking deck, I think, is awesome. I think Neela standing at the DK in the face of him saying horrible stuff to her is cool. All things Uncle Kamada is cool. Sunny Chiba is fucking just the coolest throughout the whole movie. The Dom line at the end, the I've got nothing but time. But I gotta Mm -hmm. say, I think if I have to pick one, I will just say the, like, the needle drop to open this with a DJ Shadow song and then just have, like, wall-to-wall effectively bangers. I mean, some of it is probably wildly dated, but, like, it just feels so perfect, like, going from, like, party scene to party scene a different song a different song like there is a specific feeling this soundtrack evokes it might be way out of date but it is so firmly it's so firmly of its time but yeah tokyo drifting of its time yeah this soundtrack is one of the coolest i remember yeah. having this soundtrack on my whatever pre-ipod oh what was the what the zune <laughs> no, no 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 i'm talking before that like when when you just had mp3 players not ipods like, yeah I had a, my first one was a creative zen touch Ooh. i think it was a rio something but then of course this is going to lead into the question you wanted to ask heather one of my other cool moments is just ms boswell getting yes. to keep her life in arizona so heather i don't know if you know this but we interviewed a couple weeks ago the, the actress who plays sean's mom she came on the show we talked to her for about okay an hour. one of the biggest questions one of the biggest debates we've ever had in the show when sean goes to tokyo he knocks on his dad's door mm-hmm. and his dad's like you said you were coming on the 7th and he says it is the 7th and he says okay hold on and he lets a prostitute right, yeah, into yeah. the night yeah and so joe and i and every time we talk about this movie with the guest we're like whose fault is it and so we finally have a definitive answer at least what linda boyd describes who she places the blame on so i okay. would like to know before we say what she said in this moment you know you're there you're you're ms boswell flirting with a cop to get your son to like some kind of solution that doesn't mean moving again you send your son to tokyo he shows up dad is there with the lady of the night yes whose fault is it who messed up because clearly the plan was not to have a prostitute in the home when sean gets there yes is it the mother's fault or is it the father's fault bearing in mind that he is a navy military man which is joe's big thing Yes. That's he can't mess up. But if you had to pick Or Sean's fault. Whose fault? Where's the blame lie that Sean basically cock blocks his dad from <laughs> sleeping with a prostitute? The travel agents, whoever booked the ticket. Oh, good answer. Ooh, New answer. A fourth party. You would have got the reservation. Like somebody would have seen the time. It was conveyed wrong. Yeah, the travel agent. <laughs> okay. Like if you tell them I want to arrive on the seventh, and then they're like, Great, here you go, here's your ticket. And it is the seventh. I don't think Miss Boswell was buying, maybe she was buying travel agency tickets. Or like call the airline or whatever. Like, when is this movie supposed to take place? Like, what's the internet sitch? Uh. So it's, it came out in 2006, but the forwarding of time, it actually comes, like, it's supposed to take place in like 2013-ish. I don't believe that. <laughs> well, all the cars are of 2006. Yeah, so. I, I saw the fashion in that movie. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> I claim the the booking, however it was booked. Fucked up the time. Whoever booked it is who fucked it up. Because my whole thing, so Joe was like, blame the mom. Like, look at the mom. She's a mess. And I'm like, 
no, like it feels like that's the easy way out. And I think the dad goofed up. And Joe's like, no, he's a military man. It's fine. Like he, there's no way he messed up. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, oh, he's know. an excellent military man. Well, that was my other thing. It's just like, no, he, there's, there's clearly other issues at play. <laughs> there's here. other issues, but I'm saying timing. He, he, he knows military time, yes. dates and times. He at least has that part down. Eventually, we got to the point where we're like, wait, why are we blaming one of them? It's probably just Sean's fault because like we're like taking Sean out of the equation, and Sean is the biggest idiot of them all. Like Sean's an idiot. Like he's <laughs> absolutely clearly an idiot yeah so then we have linda boyd on who yeah but why would why would mom hold on but why would mom trust her fuck up son to book his own ticket well because she doesn't want she's like you got i don't i don't know i don't I think know. it was more like the ticket is booked she i blame the, the writers dad. the right yes <laughs> you're not wrong that's the other point that's the other element of this <laughs> the we, have, we have spent more time trying to figure this out than the writers did for sure 100 percent. so we have linda boyd on who is again in this movie for like two and a half minutes and like was i think it was like a one or two day shoot her scene and we're like do you know that you led to like the biggest one of the biggest points of discussion biggest not arguments but arguments on the show and she's like i did like what she's like i think her exact response was what (laughs) (laughs) yeah and we eventually get around she's like oh it's probably my fault like i probably messed up because i'm clearly flirting with the guy and i i don't have my shit together or whatever i was like oh that's the answer. So just like how Vin Diesel can tell us, watch them in this order. If Ms. Boswell takes the blame, it's her fault. All right. I think so. But it's it's just like a weird timeline. I don't think the writers really ever tried to figure it out themselves. Oh, no, for sure not. No, this is just a thing where they're like, oh, it'd be funny because time zones. Yep. And, like, and that's, and that's as far out. as it went. <laughs> It's clearly like when you, because I've booked lots of flights and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it arrives next day. Like, it's yes. not clearly says. That's very, well, that's what I'm like trying to like figure out because they very clearly tell you. It's very clearly stated. If plus it's one day. Plus a day. Yeah. Yeah. Because also, I don't understand what characterization this develops. No, nothing. It, it, well, that's, <laughs> and that was another point that I was going to bring up. It's, it, I guess that his dad's a fuck up too. Everyone in his family's a fuck up. Not that, like, he's a fuck-up for, you know, having a sex worker over, that he didn't care, that he got it wrong. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what sort of storyline they were trying to go with his dad being in the Navy and military either. Because, like, obviously there's a stereotype there, right? Like, the fuck-up son, you're going to go stay with your Army dad, well, Navy dad. And and you're going to go to, you know, military school and blah, 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 blah whoop you into shape and like that that was nothing (laughs) like literally that his dad being in the military his dad had no story arc in this movie none and so this movie of the nine is one of the two or three with the most deleted scenes and actually the best deleted scenes and yet in spite of all that nothing there's not really much more with the dad like there's one scene where sean shows up the next morning like after some night out and, like, the dad's just outside drinking a cup of coffee with, like, a Japanese dude. And, like, there's no development. It's just, like, oh, he's there. But, like, it's not like there's, like, this background story or this whatever with either of the parents. It's just, like, oh, no. Because, like, you could have Sean show up and have the military man and be, like, if the point is to show that he is not love Sean, you'd be, like, oh, yeah, just sleep on the floor. Like, you, you can convey that in other ways. Like, I don't know what this accomplishes. He doesn't discipline him. It's not like Absolute he, like, whips him into shape. No, yeah. well, that's like, – he doesn't spend any time with him. Like, literally – Literally, your son is coming. Was it Alabama? Bama boy, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's coming from Alabama. Well, no, he, he's Arizona. coming from Arizona, but he he's is from he's Bama. originally from he's Alabama. He's from yeah. Alabama. Okay, okay. Regardless, he's coming from the United States to Tokyo, mm-hmm. where he speaks no Japanese. Not a word. 
you know this. He's coming to stay with you. And literally his first day, you're just like, this is when the train leaves. I'm already with a gone. Note. Peace. He's already gone. He doesn't know how to get to the train. He doesn't know how to get to, like, he knows nothing. He knows nothing about Japanese culture, which to show up in any culture, but particularly Japanese culture and not be respectful is like a big deal. No wonder your kid is a fuck up. You suck as a father. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't help this at all. And like all the things of like, Sean, there's rules, but he's never there to enforce them. No. And he never. doesn't actually enforce them when he does get mad about it either. He's like, Sean, you're not allowed to go out. And then Sean's like, fuck it. Okay, cool. I'm just yeah. going out. You're not home anyways. What does it matter? Wait, he's never home. You Also, you know your kid loves cars. You know this. And you're working on a car secretly. You could have just trapped him with the working on the car, right? Right. Like, you could have, like, used this as a time to show him responsibility and bonding and all of these things. Yeah, no. The dad... That... I, I don't know. Hey, Heather, did you know that Chrissy Teigen is in this movie? I'm sorry, what? Yes. Chrissy Teigen is what? in this movie. What? Where? Yes. Is she one of the models? Uh, you can call her that. At the, <laughs> end of the, at the end of the movie, in the final scene where Dom eventually shows up, there is a shot of a woman with a very low-cut dress and a pink bra on underneath getting out of a car, and you do not see her face, but those wait, are wait, wait. Chrissy Teigen's boobs. Oh. I would like to correct that, because on this watch, Rachel stopped the movie, clothes-matched, Chrissy Teigen, <laughs> and there is a side shot of her face in the immediately following scene of her getting out of the car. Oh, really? Oh, I'm gonna watch that right now. Snap. Yeah, it's very quick. She's on the right side. Okay. She's like the second girl in from the right, but you see it's the same pink bra, the same black top. Rachel clothes matched her, and if you go to that scene, you see just a glimmer of her face. Because last summer, she's like, I'm actually, in, I'm in Tokyo Drift, LOL. I remember seeing, I on, like, remember a, seeing on a that. parking garage floor in LA for like a day some guy like responded immediately with a screenshot she's like how did you do this and like you if you google like boobs getting out of car Tokyo Drift she's the first yeah she's the first google he was like no it literally is like the first thing of like girl with pink bra getting out of car in Tokyo Drift Oh, I do see her face. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't see her eyes. You can Oh, there you can. Now you can. Oh, uh, yep, there she is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those are boobs. The girl to the right behind the with hat. With the arm, with the arm yeah. behind the hat. Yes. Yep. You see her just like just a glimmer of her because it's the clothes match. Yeah. Yep. She's younger like but you could you can recognize her like with her cheeks, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. She was younger in 2006 than she is now. <laughs> no, I mean she's just like she just looks So she's much- the same age? <laughs> I'm confused. Which is it? Mitch Hedberg has a great joke. He's like, this is a picture of me when I was younger. It's like, yeah, every picture is a photo. Every photo of you is a photo of I me I love Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg's humor is where a lot of my humor I comes love it. from. So Heather, what did you think overall of Tokyo Drift? This movie is constantly the opening scenes of porns. Like okay. everything back to back. <laughs> Just girls in garages getting out of cars? No, no, but I mean, like, the opening scene with Zachary Ty Bryant and Lucas Black, and they're, like, face-to-face and, like, all intense and sweaty and, like, we gotta have a dick-measuring contest, and I'm just sitting there, just make out already! I think we're watching vastly different things. I don't see two guys <laughs> making out too often in porn, but that's... Hey, what... I, I, Gay just porn taste. exists, Joey. I know! I, I That's what I'm saying. That's why Clearly I was Clearly, you need to watch it more. <laughs> wow, learning a lot about you tonight. Jeez. <laughs> Because it's not taking itself so seriously and the stakes aren't like, oh my god, we have to save the world with cars. It was what it was and it was just fun and ridiculous. 
I I enjoyed it. And and again, it's not super long, which helps too. Very much helps. I totally forgot Lil Bow Wow was a thing. I'm sorry, he was just Bow Wow during this movie. We forgot that he was a thing too. I mean, like, not beyond this. Like, he's definitely in this movie. In, in Joey's March Madness bracket, Bow Wow does exist, but does he exist more than other things? I don't know. It's a very good question. <laughs> a lot of things exist more than Bow Wow in my life. I was upset that there was no Bilkins. Still no Bilkins. I mean, there's never going to be Bilkins again, but I, I get it. I'm I, campaigning, I man. We got we got a Snyder cut. I want my Vilkins back. <laughs> I'm gonna start a campaign. I noticed something new this watch. Ooh. I don't know if we've talked about this might be something that we've talked about that I didn't catch before, but whenever we were talking about the movies, we always talk about who gets the fuck. Do you know who gets the fuck in this one? No one? Who is it? Chrissy is, it, is it in this movie? Yes, there is a fuck in this movie and I caught who gets it. When DK is talking to Neela. He says, we're both a product of fuck-ups. Yep. Oh. Tyler caught that, actually, I think. Yeah, because we're always, like, we're talking about, you know, their PG-13 movies, like, who, who's going to get, get the You get the one, fuck? yeah. Yeah, you get the one. And I never knew that there was one in this, because it's just, like, so passive. DK gets the fuck in this one. Wow. Okay. I caught some uh, uh, rather problematic things in the opening scene. Go for scene, it. Where it's the opening shot of the school and, you know, they're going, he's going through like the metal detector or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's a sign that you see that says, go ducks, kill the Indians. Yes. That made me cringe. (laughs) And then, and then later when there's like a dead Indian or something like of the other school's mascot, I was just like, wow. Like even for 2006, this is uh, a choice. (laughs) There's another sign in that scene I overthought this time that somebody's just holding up a sign that says like duck football. And I'm like, is this like a play on words? Like, you know how like they'd be like <laughs> inverse the first letters to like get away yeah. with a curse or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. but like fuck dootball is not a thing. <laughs> but, like it looks like it should be right. So dootball. <laughs> I really appreciated his attempt at a deep South accent. I don't know if it's that much of an attempt. Because he was born in Alabama. He's born in Decatur. Yeah, but what I thought was fascinating to me was when he says his one line in Japanese to our bad guy at the end, it's said with a very generic American accent. Like, there's no Bama on it, which I thought was just amusing to me. Like, all of a sudden, his accent is just gone so he can say this Japanese. (laughs) Well, the funny thing to me was that, so the the woman who plays his mom, Linda Boyd, is like very Canadian. Like she's a very Canadian She's actress, very Canadian, like, yeah. In this movie and in a couple, of other, a couple other things that I saw in preparation for that interview, she's like always playing Southerners. And I'm like, this is like, you would you would swear that she's from somewhere down there. It's like, no, she's from like Vancouver. It's like, oh, okay. What are you okay. talking about? Yeah. The opening scene with the girlfriends. Like yep. just, yep. that's just like winter gets me. Yep. When they're in the race. And she just turns to to Zachary Ty Bryan and is just like, I thought you loved me. Just, I (laughs) guffawed. I was just like, yes, because that's how you show your love. I mean, granted, they're supposed to be 16. No, and I get that. that. I get that. But, like, I was just like, ugh. We, We always are like, how shitty of a relationship are you in? That, that like one car race can just like 
totally changed. Like, they can't go to prom together now. No, like, they you can't. They broke can't up. go to prom. Well, he also tried to kill her. I-, I think he almost kills her. I don't know if he was trying. Well, yeah, no, he wasn't trying, but, like, might as well have been <laughs> with the way that driving was happening. The, the nickname Twinkie? For, for so here, here, here's the backstory there. So this was supposed to originally, originally supposed to be played by an Asian character. You know, yellow oh, on the outside, white on the inside. Yes, well, yeah, yes, yes, hundred percent. Yeah. But then they cast Bow Wow, and they didn't change the name. So, so okay. So our one of our listeners, Wes Hampton, um, who has created both the inter- interlude and the closing credits theme for this, and also wrote all of the character descriptions. And also, he's done all sorts of stuff for the show. This is the bane of his existence. He's trying to get this fact on IMDb <laughs> trivia, and he has tried to submit this dozens of times. And IMDb with keeps references. Telling him no. With references. With, with, with citations, with references. And, like, it's an actual, like, worthwhile fact that there is, like, a reason why this name seemingly has no correlation to this character. Uh-huh. Because it doesn't. Like, there's, like, yeah. you know, if they called him, again, not that this is better, if they called him Oreo, right? Black on the outside, white on the inside. Like, that at least has, like, a, a basis in the, the casting. Yeah. But to call him Twinkie when the character was supposed to be Asian and was not... What are you doing? Movie, what are you doing? Yeah, well, I mean, at least it wasn't an Asian character named Twinkie, because that's a, a, I don't know, to me is a little... Somehow little... worse. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but it is. The Bawa one, it, it turns out to turns out to make it better, <laughs> like, in a weird way, but yeah, it also is not good. We probably shouldn't have... Hey, I don't know. I don't I know. Choices. I don't know. So, okay, hold on. Let me keep reading reading through my notes on this. Uh, where's Bilkins? The most important question. Of course. Oh, uh, all driving scenes in this these films are too long. I think that's an important note that we must discuss. They get shorter. I, you you've noticed it, I'm sure. No, they 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 do. Yeah. So this is the other thing. The, the other thing to keep in mind is that chronologically, this movie releases mm-hmm. when driving still matters to the franchise. That's that that makes sense. Of the movies, the first three, including this one, are like the car movies, and yeah. then they become four is like a pivot, and then five and beyond is an action movie. No, totally. So like that makes in sense. Seven eight and Hobbs you're gonna be like oh yeah like there's there's racing scenes kind of and there's actually a really cool racing scene in seven I think um based on the way that it's it's sound designed it becomes not about that so I think this is kind of like an abrupt 180 where it's like well I just watched a couple movies where like racing didn't really matter and now we're like oh it's all about racing again but like it's just what these movies were at a time no that makes that makes sense oh this you'll like my next uh note is holy fuck shave your nipples Lucas Black When do we see his nipples? Oh, in the bathhouse, I guess. In the bathhouse. And he has some hairy ass nipples. Well, he's an 18 year old boy. He's going through puberty. <laughs> but, yeah, but those are some hairy ass nipples. It was alarming. <laughs> <laughs> it was more hair on his nipples than on his head. Because, <laughs> again, he's supposed to be playing like a 17 year old or whatever. And, yeah. so, and so I watched it. And I'm just like, oh. Normally people prepare for shirtless scenes, but not you. Nope. What did you think of Neela, of the character Neela, the the new woman in the movie? I found her annoying. Really? I did not care about any other character in this movie. So you only cared about Sean? Yeah, like his his was the only story that was interesting to me. Everything else was just kind of like, and you're the hot girl, and you're the bad boyfriend, and you're like everything was just so tropey. Okay, the actress didn't really do anything for me. I, I thought she was kind of bland, and and I think yeah, because everything was just so tropey, and there was so little charisma 
that I just didn't care. It's tough because she's playing the outsider in a group of outside. Like there's, there's only so many different ways that you can play like the outsider card. Cause like, again, when you're focusing around a character who is the outsider and she's like a different kind of outsider, right? Like daughter of a prostitute and Australian. No, no and, totally. Like, but like Christmas, it's tough. Christmas is also a thing you have or you don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you can play an outsider character and still be charismatic. For me, it was just like, oh, and she's the obvious hot girl that he's going to be into because there's no other girl characters in this. Mm-hmm. That's her role. Her role is to be that. There's background characters that were in a lot of these scenes, like a cutout because I think it was like a domino effect of like they're not in this one, so whatever. But there are two other characters in Han's crew that are maybe kind of a will they, won't they? Like it's never, she's never positioned as like in a romantic interest for Sean, but it's like there was other kind of feminine energy around other than just like, hot girl to put your arm around like there was something else there but then that just got simplified and so you're right like it is just like if it's not neela there's no love in this movie right so mm-hmm. well you don't need love in every movie you always need love heather <laughs> what else you got any other notes that you have about tokyo oh, i love how he coincidentally goes to tokyo and just happens to find street racing immediately yeah just like right away like i love how that that just like wasn't hard it just came to him fell into his lap pretty much literally yeah well because he sees he sees Trinky holding a steering wheel. He's selling Sparko And that's wheels. all it takes. Like, he didn't look for, like, street racing culture. It just existed in his school. And the one kid that is connected to everything the just, one like, kid sits that down beside sat, him. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's just so convenient. I get that's convenient, but it's also like, hey, this new kid, I can prey on him and sort of sell some of my wares. He's the only one who's not sick of my shit yet. I get, like, I think that there's... I don't think it's a stretch that Twinkie would hit up Sean when he first sits down. Him holding a steering wheel, different thing altogether. Yes, but it's also like, you get into part. the thing, but like him going up to Sean is fine. Yeah, no, no, no. And that's fine. But Twinkie happening to be connected to this street racing world, like all of that, just, just so like, it's so convenient. It's so happenstance. Also, it's because it so... exists outside the class of the high school. Like well, Twinkie's the only connection yeah, and that's... to like people that aren't in his high school it's not like he's like in the high school racing club it's like a whole different world and he's the only one that's also involved in that well and then neela just happens to be dating this guy who happens to be connected to this you know this organization that happens to be tied to the street right you know what i mean it's all just so convenient and small and this is just easy this is just so easy (laughs) it does it works uh, Mafia Yakuza versus teens. Totally normal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> totally normal that the Yakuza is going to be like this 17 year old. <laughs> is going to get it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what they want on their record, right? Murdering kids. That you come to like what is supposedly like a mafia higher up. Like he's like, a, like not the boss, but like a higher up boss. And you're like, we're going to settle this with a street race. And he's like, okay. Like, you guys can street race it out, and we'll figure it out from there. That's cool. And you can exile my nephew, too. He's fine. But yeah, the the resolution, the conflict the conflict resolution of just, like, let's street race this out always gets me. That will solve all of our problems. Like, yeah, it's just, like, this is something that, that like, five-year-olds would do. Like, it makes sense for a 17-year-old to be like, yeah, whoever leaves this race can't be in the cool kids club anymore. Like, that's right. a normal thing. But, you're like, you're a grown-ass man, yo. <laughs> like... <laughs> You have actual problems, like someone's embezzling money. Also, you're a criminal. That's also a bad. Not great. No. Oh, and then and then like so Han dies, and then there's like barely any mourning. There's like no. one scene of them like, oh, we're sad he's dead, and that's it. 
Yeah. Like, like it was like a, them, like kind of looking sad off into the distance for two seconds, and now we're moving on. So now that leads to the question of the hour. Okay. You also watched the credit scene from Fast and Furious Six, so now we know that Jason Statham is the one who kills Han retroactively. So what do you think about that scene and how are, how excited are you on a scale of 10 to 10? How excited are you for <laughs> Furious 7? I mean, I love Jason Statham. I don't think he's a good actor. Well, that's just part for your course. But like also, I but I love him and everything he's in. Like him killing Han, sure, whatever. That's, that's on par with like Letty has amnesia. Sure, <laughs> totally. That's absolutely, right? I, I'm just kind of, you know, when he showed up, I'm like, of course, this is how he, he came in. All right, let's see what happens next. Like, that's kind of, <laughs> you know. Like, that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for me now, I'm just like, let's see how this gets all tied together. That's the way to go into it. Yes. <laughs> I will tell you, as I've said, I think every time we preview seven, when this happened, this so six was the first movie that I saw in theaters in the franchise because I saw five on Blu-ray and then I watched one through five again in preparation for six. And when I saw six in theaters and Statham shows up in the credits, I stood up in the crowd and put my arms above my head in celebration like, fuck yes, this franchise gets me. <laughs> I mean, clicks. but what if it was Nick Cage? Would that would have happened better? So, uh, I mean, back then, no, because I, no, I wasn't on, okay. I wasn't a fan of his back then, really, which, you know, I didn't I hadn't seen the light. I think so. The person in our orbit who has been closest to this franchise more than one occasion is Keanu. And uh-huh. I do think that because of Keanu's ties to David Leach from both The Matrix and then John Wick, uh, I do think that he'll be in a Hobbs and Shaw movie in a small regard or a large role. I don't know in the future at some point. Um, I think he is the only person we have covered on any of the shows like other people like there is a there's a role in I guess it's eight Joe yeah in eight that were like that that's a perfect role for Zac Efron that's not Zac Efron but like it would have been a perfect Zac Efron role and so there's there's opportunities to plug in our guys from other podcasts into this franchise I don't think Cage is ever going to like I think time has passed him by but I think Keanu I think could Cage and probably should he wind up here. the IRS enough money I don't think that there's well number one he's out of debt number two he's happily married for, for the fifth time <laughs> number three I don't think that there is a role for him that would fit what he wants to do Ghost Rider. with what they want him to do. Ghost Rider. I mean, I would love it, but I don't. I don't see. I don't let, think. That, I don't think that. Fits. Let's merge Ghost Rider and it could happen. Is Ghost Rider a Universal movie or is it? Uh, I think it's back with Marvel. Ghost oh, you mean Rider. originally? Oh, Columbia. Columbia. It was Columbia. Heather, do you have any other thoughts, any other notes about Tokyo Drift before we play a couple games? No, like I said, like this is one where if it came on in the background, I would probably just leave it on. Like if I was working, I wouldn't turn it off. I cannot say that for the other films in this franchise. That is that's awesome. Immensely high praise. Yeah, that's great praise. I le- I'll take it. Yeah. That's awesome. Four is one I would leave on. I think two, three, and four are the ones I would leave on. Six, I would watch again just for... I would watch the, like, fight scenes again. I really have no idea how to handicap these next three movies. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to like these or not. I think you'll like Hobbs and Shaw because... There's no Vin Diesel. There's no Paul Walker. Yeah, I like the two of them. And they're fun. And it's a lot of fun. Like, that's one where I'm like, the script could be the worst thing in the world, but they're so charming. I would sit through it and enjoy and find something to like about it. And I I love the two of them so much. You know, I mean, casting is everything. No Vin Diesel, no Paul Walker would make for an excellent film in my in my regard. <laughs> Joe, do you have any thoughts about Tokyo Drift? That, that's it. I had new thoughts and I, I snuck them in there, so we're good. Well, let's play a couple games. The first up is Ain't No 10 Second Race. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. A.K.A. Boy, do we I have a, great have a podcast 
for you. So Heather and I both found tweets. I'm going to review last episode's picks. So from two weeks ago, we talked about Fast and Furious 6. So Joe, I found Bernest Hemingway at Washed Up CEO playing the Tokyo Drift song as I skid around a corner in the Chick-fil-A parking lot at 10.29 a.m. I said, drift, drift, drift. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. For it got you. a like and a reply, but both from Jason. And Jason just says, wow. So that does not count, unfortunately. Sorry. Mm. No points for you. Joe, you found Bushmaster at Killa F. Quote tweeting, a movie you can repeat severally without getting bored of it. Every Friday movie, every movie starring Jet Li, every movie starring Bruce Lee, every movie starring Will Smith this Christmas, and every Fast and Furious movie, we said, we love Bruce Lee and Fast and Furious. We've gotten them on repeat. We're watching them on repeat, and we haven't gotten bored of the FNF yet. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Mm. Heather, you found Mike at PS Vita Owner. Quote tweeting, in your opinion, what are five must-see action movies? Fast Five, Fast and Furious 6, Fury 7, Fate, Tokyo Drift. We said, boy, do we have a podcast for you. Also got a like and reply. Also from Jason. Uh, F5 is the best Fast Jason just movie. didn't like my pick. That, even, that hurts even more. <laughs> Damn it. Sucks to suck, bro. That's okay. Joe, please read your tweet. <laughs> my tweet is from Miso at Miss Ba Child Hurry. It is um, Tokyo Drift audio playing on my mom's phone, but these days it could be a video of someone frying chicken. <laughs> I would like to say, you can listen to us talk about Tokyo Drift while frying chicken. Because <laughs> that's what I normally do. Is that what you normally do? I mean, if, if we listen to episodes, we listen to them while we're cooking, right? So, okay, okay. Yeah. But I can Im- <laughs> can you imagine someone playing the Tokyo Drift song? And she's right, like, this person's right, you know? Like, Well, I think I think it's just like the whole, like, it's become a meme, right? Where it's just yep, like, oh, yeah. it's, just, it's just everywhere, right? So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Heather, can you please read your tweets? This is from at HWA Fly Me to Mars. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift was the last good Fast and Furious movie from the franchise, and you can't tell me otherwise. Perfect. And I am saying to respond, we agree, insert a gif of Han. Oh. We agree. Boy, do we have a podcast for you, gif of Han. We've never done a gif, so this might be this might be the ticket. This Heather, might you be, you yeah, might we don't really include, okay. So you might have unlocked something powerful here, and I'm excited for it. I am very powerful. All right, so mine's kind of a thinker. I found a tweet from three years ago oh uh, that is in reply to a tweet that was deleted. So I, I don't know <laughs> what the original tweet was. Okay. But I found this tweet from Jordan Cruciola at Jor Crew replying to a wolfful. Uh, first, all capital letters, Haywire, the heroic trio, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, The Villainous, Edge of Tomorrow, Hannah, GoldenEye 4, Xenia Onatop, Terminator 2, Fifth Element, Doomsday, Death Proof, The Long Kiss Goodnight, Lady Snowblood, 1 and 2, Salt, Wanted, Fast and Furious 6, Yes, Madam. So what I'm assuming, and I'm going to include this in the tweet, is that this is a tweet filled with movies with badass action ladies at the core. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I don't know for sure because it's just a list of movies, but they all have that in common. I I also think it's really funny just to reply to a tweet that is in reply to a tweet that no longer exists because I don't know the original context. Yeah. I don't know what this list of movies is about, but we sure do love a lot of them. I well, I saw a lot of tweets that were like lists when I when I searched Tokyo Drift that were like you know best action movies or whatever, and Tokyo Drift was on a lot of people. So I'm wondering if it's something like that. Maybe I'm going. I'm going to uh, do a 
Heather Antos thing right here and attach a GIF of Whoa. Lady Snowblood. Then I get what? then I get half a point. No, you don't. You, you stole my idea. <laughs> yeah. I just said doing a little guesswork here, but we love badass action ladies and have covered a lot of these movies too. Boy, do we have a podcast for you because Haywire, Gina Carano, which I understand, yeah. but we've also covered Edge of Tomorrow on a different podcast with Emily Blunt. Uh, we've covered The Long Kiss Goodnight. We've covered Death Proof. We've covered Lady Snowblood 1 and 2. We've covered Fast and Furious 6, of course. I don't know what Yes Madam is, but... When I searched to- Mom Tokyo Drift, there was a lot of people bitching that their mom drives like she's in Tokyo Drift. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were looking for Sean Boswell's mom, though. Me yeah, Boswell. yeah, and yeah, nobody yeah, yeah. talked about Sean's mom. The final thing to do before we say goodbye to Heather, close up shop for this episode, is this ain't no 10 sec... Nope, nope, just kidding. Yeah, I was like, we just said that. Brain again. Is, dude, what's my car? Dude, what? My car. What? Your car, dude. Okay, this is a little bit of a thinker. So Hector wrote this email in July 2020, but sent it in November. Oh my God. Interesting. Subject line, a very suited car pick. Suited? Don't know. Don't know. Hector says, hey guys, here's a car pick I want to show you. I found this car while watching a SEMA video, S-E-M-A, SEMA video from Hoonigan. It only showed up for a few seconds through the middle of the entire video. Keep in mind the video was one hour long. I watched the entire thing. I might send more car picks from the video about the car itself. All I know is that it is owned by Robert Downey Jr. However, mm. it is a thing of beauty. Stay fast, stay forever. Interesting. Do you know what SEMA is, Joey? It's the... CES it's the, for it, cars. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, I, yes, I know about that. Okay. Well, I know a lot more about it than it being owned by Robert Downey Jr. Ooh. This car I in particular. Could. Yes. Because, and this is your first clue, it was assembled in Michigan. Assembled in Michigan. Okay. Yes. 1969. Is it a Ford? Yes. It is a Ford. Okay. I believe this year, this car year, I think it's a 1970, which, you know, assembled in 69, but I think it is a 1970 year model. This, I think so too. I think this one in particular, it was produced 1969 and 1970. So it's in that tiny window. It is cream colored, beige, tan, top, taupe? Taupe. I don't know if that's, is that color? Nah, I would go with more of a cream like a yellowish cream. Blue racing stripes? Black? Yeah. Co- black accents. Black? No racing stripes. No racing stripes. Okay. Uh, It's two-door. Muscle car. American muscle. It made its debut at SEMA. The company Speedcore, S-P-E-E-D-K-O-R-E, which I guess renovated it, put in carbon fiber panels and upgraded the engine. It's not a Mustang, is it? It, it is, is, but it's a specific kind of yes. Mustang. Okay. So it's a Ford Mustang. It's a 69 Ford Mustang. Speedcore did some things to it. Is it a Shelby GT350? No. No, Shelby is not involved as far as I can tell. Yeah, okay. no Shelby. Who else did Mustang upgrades? It's not a name. Well, it's it, no, it's not a name. I'm not going to even get cute with that. Downey Jr. was involved in the entire process of making the car. It's a true one-of-a-kind model. One-of-one model with the right mix of retro and modern. Sits some bespoke HRE wheels wrapped in Michelin Pilot Super Sport tires. Inside, you'll find brown leather, a custom steering wheel, old-school instrument cluster, and a vintage air air conditioning system, all put together by Gabe's Street Rod Custom Interiors. We only thought we thought only Iron Man's Tony Stark had good taste in cars, but clearly the actor who plays him also has an eye for quality. That's interesting. Okay. The color is apparently PPG khaki yellow is technically what it is. It was designed by Larry Shinoda, a former GM employee. Okay. They put in a Ford Performance Illuminator 5.0 liter V8 with a stage two Ford Performance Roush supercharger. Also gets an exhaust system from Speedcore. Power is routed through a Bowler T56 transmission and a Detroit Speed Ford 9-inch rear differential. 
anyone stuck in the mud in Alabama knows. <laughs> Step on the gas. One tire spins, the other tire does nothing. Oh, here yeah. you go. Uh, the 1970 model year, which uh, we believe this image to be, included side hockey stick stripes, which started along the top of the hood, along with the 1970 grille, which replaced the four headlights with two vents in the outside position while retaining dual headlights within the grille opening. Ooh. What's the specialness about it? Who... Who did the special wing? I mean, Speedcore did the Renault. Okay, but it's just it's just the Mustang. There's like no other. It's a variant of the Mustang. It's a variant, yeah. Uh, the name blank came about when Shinoda was asked what project he was working on. He gave it uh, this name because the project was a secret. secret and it has a more name. powerful older brother, which has a it's so this is a, no, a name that you can maybe get and then a number. The number is 302. And there's a 429 variant as well that is more powerful. It's more, you know, I guess more whatever. But I'm sure that Iron Man's version is more powerful than even that, right? Because it's a yeah. post hoc. What is, the, what is the name? I don't know. Can you give me clues? The Boss. Can... Boss. 302 Mustang. Boss. Yep. Mustang. He would say when people when people ask what are you working on, he said the Boss's car. I actually kind of like this color. It's 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 interesting. Yeah. It doesn't like khaki yellow like sounds kind of gross, right? But like yeah. it's it's actually like a kind of like calming sweet yellow. It's like a deli brown mustard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not not that. It's not that, but it's not not that. You're right. Is this the interior from the one that Robert Downey Jr. has? These are the ones that were sent in Hector's email. And the the SEMA video, that was like the debut. So I think that this car, if these are the ones from like an article about SEMA, it is the car that like that's Downey's car. Okay. The, yeah. I like the I like how they read it like this leather wrap on like the console and stuff like that. And the seats are really nice. Yeah. I'm going to send you one other article. This Hector did not send this, but I was, this is what I was reading from, from MotorTrend.com. Which, if you want to just like skim through it later, it's boss cool. Mustang. What an idiot I am. Did you had you heard of the boss? Yeah, that's like a a thing. I think they've I think they've made like more of one. Yeah, it, it looks like they've made. Well, yeah, there was a three hundred two. There's the four twenty nine. Which is no, what, but I think yeah. that like also oh. it like is multiple years. Like yeah, it was... yeah, it came back out in uh, two thousand twelve or something. Yeah. yeah, it came back in two thousand twelve and two thousand thirteen. Yeah, the 2012 Boss 302 Laguna Sica. Yeah, that's the racetrack. Which is not as pretty. It's not. Yeah, well, the older ones are cool. This one's fucking beautiful, though. Yeah, the old old one is gorgeous. I'm jealous. Damn Iron Man has a cool car that I don't Just become a wealthy Playboy billionaire philanthropist. Yeah. By the way, it's a wealthy billionaire. (laughs) As opposed to those. The poor ones. Rich in spirit. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you, Heather. Thank you for joining us once again for a movie that you seem to have enjoyed for the most part, at least, you at did, least more yeah. so than other yeah, ones. Yeah, I, I, this one, you know, this one I wasn't like, oh my god, I have to watch this. Good, good. Yeah, That's awesome. you you weren't here for this part, Joe, too, but I even did a little doodle of Han while I was watching this one. Oh, that's very cool. I want to see so. it if you could. If yeah, did you, you could tweet see. it or not yet? No, I didn't. No, it's literally not tweet worthy. It's just like a little. Can you text it to me and I'll share it to Joe? I, you can. Thank you. That would be wonderful. I'd like to see it so heather in two weeks you will be back for furious seven we are again straight on through here on out i think there is like a slightly extended version of this which i think should be pretty easy to find Um, it's not wildly different i think there's actually there's a little bit different like the opening is different so it's definitely worth watching the longer one Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah we're just doing seven eight hobbs and shaw and then whenever nine comes out whenever we get to you for nine but it's all straight on through there's no like other weird like watch this short film don't watch this part whatever just like watch this thing so Easy peasy. Sounds great. But Joe, before yes. Heather comes back, 
you and I have a very fun little detour next week. What do we have? We have three episodes of the television show Community that Justin Lin directed. Oh, oh snap. That have you like a watched lot of Community or no? Me? Either of you, both of you. I have, yeah. I've watched through all of it a couple times. And I recently, well, recently, about a year ago, I got Tyler hooked on it. And I was the one who got him to watch it. And yet he kept trying to say that he was showing it to me for the first time, <laughs> which was the whole thing. And I think he still thinks he discovered it and got me to watch it. <laughs> Even though Typical I watched boy. it when it was on TV. <laughs> this sounds so real. I just had an argument. Like, I was just telling, like, my parents when I was visiting them that I want to take Rachel to Hershey because she's never been there before. And she's like, I've been there before. <laughs> and I was like, we haven't been there. And she was like, I know we haven't been there. But, like, I existed before yes, you did. We haven't been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doesn't mean that I haven't been. That, thank you. Wow. She'll really enjoy that story. I'm going to pass that along as soon as we finish. She's really going to like that one. <laughs> I like that this, this doodle of Han, which Joe, I just sent you on Facebook, looks like he's either from, like, a final fantasy game or a disney movie well i mean my style is very disney-ish if you look at my if you you know if you ever look at yeah. my art so i like it no it's cool it looks great too i like he it. looks like a disney prince I'm yeah saying. i think that's that's the that's the thing right yeah it's the drift prince there you go joey didn't even pretend to laugh for me well, i'm just trying to think of dp and that's not a good acronym uh, no definitely not so okay so we're doing three episodes next week of community which is available on both netflix and hulu for anybody who wants to watch along cool introduction to statistics they're all in season one so this is season one episode seven this is the episode that had me fall in love with the show where this is okay. a, i was like oh i i get what should they're i doing binge now. like all if they're all in season one should i just binge season one no don't do that because you're gonna hit your it's gonna that no i don't because okay. i'm anti-binge i would yes, say if you want watch it. the, it's brilliant don't it's listen great, to but joey again, again i don't know like it's if you binge uh, <laughs> i'm so staunchly anti-binge we'll distort the um the justin linning of the episodes is what I'm actually asking. You can, I mean, season one's great. The show is great. The show is amazing. Watch one through seven, because they're only 20 minutes. Watch one through seven and see your feeling. Because like, okay, so the first one's introduction to, introduction to statistics, which is a Halloween episode, which is great. Okay. Then there's season one, episode 14, which is interpretive dance, which is the one of these I don't really remember that well, but I remember about it. Okay. But then the piece du resistance, the creme de la creme, is Modern Warfare, season one, episode 23. And they did three of these episodes. They are paintball episodes that okay. have basically no relevance kind of to the rest of the show other than like it's the characters and everything but just like a campus-wide paintball game and these are like the best episodes of the series okay and so or some of the best episodes of the series so he did the first one so there's the only three that he ever directed on, on community so if you want to watch them all you can i don't know man just i'm i'm staunchly anti-binge but do what you want to do i would say watch up through seven okay and if you're feeling it keep going but if not you, just can, skip the you can safely watch modern warfare at least not knowing anything about anything and still be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Okay, but watch the cool. first seven. The seventh one is the one. And then from there, decide what you want to do. But seven, 14, and 23. Also, like we were talking about before, Community is where a lot of like very important Marvel, like the Russo brothers, mm -hmm. who directed Cherry and also some other movies that are bigger than Cherry, they came from there too. Like they directed like a dozen or more episodes. Like they did like a bunch. So like Community generated not only actors that everybody knows, but also like screenwriters. Community is the show with Childish Gambino in it, right? Yes, yes. sir. Okay, cool. I don't think I've ever watched it. It was like the real breakthrough for Allison Bray. It was a real breakthrough for Gillian Jacobs. It was kind of a mm. real acting breakthrough for Donald Glover. I mean, it's kind of where Chevy Chase got to start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's where Chevy Chase got his end. I can tell you that much. Well, yes. So. <laughs> 
That is that is very true. When that show is good and the first season is entirely good, it is there. There are a few shows that are better than that. So Community is amazing. So next week, three episodes: Introduction to Statistics, Interpretive Dance, and Modern Warfare. Then in two weeks, we'll be back with Furious Seven with Heather Antos as we close out the month of March with Heather. Hopefully, not too Furious Seven about Furious Seven. But we'll see. <laughs> But Heather, what would you like to plug? What is new in the world of Valiant or the life of Heather? What do you want to plug this episode? I would like to plug Savage Number 2 dropped in stores today, the day that we're Ooh. recording this. So okay, cool. by the time you listen to this episode, you have no excuse. Go to a comic shop and pick up Savage Number 2 and read it. Please stay tuned in April for the uh, remaster release of the N64 Shadow Man game from back in the 90s. It's going to be re-released on pc xbox playstation all that fun stuff is valiant doing that night dave studios is doing the remaster but obviously we go through all the approvals and all the stuff and i've played it and it's super fun and uh highly recommend that's awesome well very very cool cool. very cool and thank you once again as always for joining us here on too fast too forever too fast too forever jeez i almost said it again i got this i joe these next hundred episodes with me Doing the Too Fast, Too Furious Minute and trying to say both these names so much. I don't yeah, I you're getting in a break. Flubbed. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're, you're welcome. very welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. I was gonna say you're always welcome here, but if you never left, you would really hate us and these movies. Either one of it would go one of two ways. Either like you would Stockholm real hard, real fast, and just get on board, or like you would want to murder everyone and everything like next time through, right? Like it's, yeah. it's one. It, there's oh, no yeah. middle ground, I think, based on how you've felt about these movies so far. I need the week in between break. I'm so thankful that we have them. And the funny thing is like the weeks that you're on are the break for us. That's funny. No, I really I really do like I'm like okay, I have had some space I can go back in, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fix the story in your head, you know, comprehend everything, really digest it, and then you're like I'm ready for the next one. Well, you know what's funny about this one? We went and saw Raya and then came home and watched this. Yeah. There you go. Very similar movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. Well, they're both Asian stories, which that's is good. True. You're championing Asian cinema, so that's pretty cool. That's very that's true. Cool. That, that is yeah. exactly what we were trying to do. You, you got it. You themed the double feature yes. so, so well. <laughs> For all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at Too Fast, Too Forever.com. We just had a bonus episode come out last week. We'll have another one coming out next week-ish, sometime very soon. So stay tuned for that. Check out the store at TooFast2Forever.shop and come back next week for three episodes of Community. Again, if you want to watch along on Netflix or Hulu. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was Heather Antos. And we'll tell you all about it. We'll see you again.